You are listening to Thursday Nights, episode 123. Still shrouded in the blackness of a starless night, Ren stands alone on a bluff overlooking the softly glowing light of the city, humanity's last bastion of hope in an otherwise forsaken realm. You haven't been gone long, but if you stay out much longer, it's likely your companions may begin to wonder where you are. Zuzu is gone. I don't care where you are. Ren, <clears throat> Ren, as he looks around, I, just, I haven't said it. Ren, as he looks around, uh, decides to start taking, um, start trying out some of his new powers as he slowly makes his way back. I mean, like. He can see he can see the weave out here now. It's like a whole new it's a whole new drug that he has been shot up with. And he's loving every minute of it. That's a really good analogy. Um He I mean like off in the distance, he looks over there and you can see a lightning bolt just comes down and hits the ground. And off in the other distance you see just all of a sudden Not you see. Nobody sees. Nobody sees. The camera sees narrating right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the reader. The reader sees. Hate you guys. What uh, do we see? A cyclone appears and just starts just whirling, whirling and wreaking havoc off in the distance. Um, Ren is able to conjure up, you know, things that he couldn't do before. Uh, Ren finds all of this challenging. Well, yeah. I mean, this uh, is all new to is, him. It is... Uh, it's fairly uncontrollable as Ren is trying to do this. It is not as simple as him just making these things appear. Uh, it is when he tries to do it, it doesn't come down where he expects, and he realizes er, this power is this power is chaotic in its very nature. It is uh, the aberrant energy is is almost the embodiment of madness and. Uh, you know everything that you that you would associate with the mind flayers, with the intellect devourers, with Pazuzu himself. That's what this energy is. Uh, and and as Ren, you know, kind of feels this power flowing through him, you can see at least a little bit of Frida's hesitation to uh, he understands it to explore to explore the ability to wield this thing. An interesting point that you bring up. Ren wonders, if he were to come across a Mind Flayer now, how would that go down? Can he basically... Can he I mean, they're, they're, Yeah, can he, can he do that, since he's able to wield the juice that they're running off of? Pazuzu's mm. words. Uh, I mean, like, you can be asking, like, can a wizard control another off. wizard? Yeah, just, just because you can throw a fireball doesn't mean... The wizard is not a problem. The wizard could be better than you. But does Ren know? Ren thinks that. Uh, A mind flayer? I mean, you have the power of three gods and now can wield this new power. Right now, uh, right now, you're... What it seems is if you were to try to engage in a straight-up fight with this energy, you wouldn't be able to 
control it well enough to have it be safe for yourself and especially for those around you. Uh, however, even before this, one mind flare, probably not a problem at all. Yeah. You have the power of the gods. Hasn't been a problem for at least 10 levels. Good luck. Yeah, do I gain oh, anything oh, headshot one a little while back? Do I gain anything like uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mechanical benefit? Yeah, do I get any mechanical benefit from this? Not this time. Right now, if anything, it'll be a mechanical penalty. It's chaotic. Buyer's remorse, Lincoln. Okay. I mean it'll take it'll take uh, you know, concentrating on it and Kind of studying this energy. Okay. Back. This makes perfect. And I would say it's a, you're almost kind of like you've you're kind of a new student in a whole new arena. A lot of the rules don't apply. You're kind of discovering all the new how stuff functions. My thinking. Okay. Ren starts to make his way back then towards the city. The city is over the next bend. It comes into sight as you come over the the fleshy dune. As Ren is coming over the fleshy dune, he realizes, or the thought occurs to him, that he might set off some bells if he tries, now that he's swimming in arcane energy. Corrupted energy. Aberrant energy. Aberrant Aberrant energy. There we go. Um, You're all wrong. Less less judging. He, uh, He might set off some of the alarms in the city. So he pauses for a minute thinks about what he could maybe do and he knows that there's actually the shield that he has to deal with and there's the wolves that sniff you out when you get inside so he hatches a plan plan of plans he's not quite sure if this is going to work but he's going to he's going to try it seeing as how he can he thinks because he He's really cocky. I mean, everybody knows that. He thinks he's got this aberrant energy more or less figured out. And he knows... I mean, of, of course he knows how to work the arcane. As he's approaching, he... He implants the equivalent of, like... Or he tries to. We'll see if it works. Tries to implant the equivalent of, like, a chink in the armor of the... Um, Shield right above where the portcullis is. So you're just going to sneak in? Well, just let him continue. No. He's in hopes that it will um, degrade the uh, the integrity. Integrity. That's the word. Integrity of much like if you have a stone sticking out from a waterfall, and it kind of mm. comes. How out. is he attempting to do this? What uh, what power is he drawing upon to do this? He's drawing upon. Well, he can just, he essentially, he, he can, he, he uses the arcane and his aberrant energy to just twirl. Well, because you wield arcane wield, energy, wield aberrant both. energy, as well as uh, godly energy, which are all three separate things, so I'm wondering what. Well, he understands both the stuff pushing in and the stuff pulling it out, and so he just, yeah, tweaks. Brent finds that as he tries to do this, uh, he finds that there is a, Blast back of energy as it knocks him to his feet. The guards, or I guess the guards, you're doing this from a distance? Yeah. Far enough away, uh, I can't see it. Blast back, knocks Ren completely onto his back. He realizes that, yes, indeed, the shield is said to be so powerful that even Pazuzu himself cannot get through. It is no wonder that he cannot. It's no wonder the Amiga Gnome. Huh. 
Well, that's going to pose a potential problem. Just use your other powers. So, he no then turns to... Well, the guards do know you're out here. Yeah. <laughs> he's not worried about the guards, because he can fake it with the guards. I mean, he's... I mean, shoot, he they've let him out a couple times. This isn't unusual for him. Yeah. He's a little bit worried about the wolves. So, this time, as he's approaching, he decides to harness some of the power of Labellus and Arath and, I mean, all of the, the three gods that he has absorbed power from and calls upon that energy to help carry him through undetected. Basically using that power to override the aberrant energy and hope that that... Like a cloak. So he's going, like through, the he's going through the detection system. The guards there, same ones that were on shift letting him out gesture for him to come through. The guards are a little putting their neck on the line here, letting Ren out. He has gained a rapport with them, convinced them to let him out without reporting it to the authorities. They know that, first of all, Ren's a little bit fear him now, a little bit powerful. Also, the reputation is that you guys are here to save them, and they, they don't want to stand in your way. Chatting with Pazuzu. They let Ren come through, you know, and, and there's always that look of sort of sorry for the formality of having to do the detection thing, but it's of the utmost importance that no aberrant uh, presence finds itself inside the city. Not the uh, last time. And so again, entering the sort of uh, airlock chamber of the shield as the aberrant detecting dogs come out towards Ren. So what is Ren... What is Ren doing as these uh, as these dogs come by? How is he uh, how is he trying to, to Ren, shield this? Is he masking it? Ren part of the aberrant energy is being held back and another part of his god power is just it's not light, but if imagine if a really bright light were shining and it kind of makes you look away. Ren is doing that, but you can't really you can't see it. It's just his presence is causing the wolves to almost not want to come near him. And they're not quite sure what to do about this. And they just kind of... So is that what Ren's doing? I'll explain how they react. Okay, so Ren is doing that and trying to keep the dogs at bay and not let them get too close to sniff. Close enough that it's not going to look goofy, but... The dogs, and Ren can see this, they react just slightly differently. Eyeing the guards who are watching the dogs, hoping that they don't, you know... But they've re- the dogs have reacted very differently to each of you as you've come in. As you've seen this, sometimes they bark, sometimes they do different things. It's always been okay. You actually haven't seen what they do when they do detect the uh, uh, something that is aberrant. As dogs come in, one of them lets out just the slightest whine as it backs a little bit away from Ren and then continues like sort of sniffing. And Ren can see that it is working as he is sort of overpowering their senses is what it sounds like what you're doing yeah. hoping that they won't be able to sense it because you know yeah. they're overcome yeah. with they're overcome with, with the with other with the, energy with the godly energy and after a few tense minutes the dogs return to their separate pens and the other side of the shield comes up and the guards let you in Ren makes his way into the city and heads not to seem too suspicious or anything, he heads immediately back to our room, our house, oh, if you will. <laughs> and. Our chalet? 
Everyone is still. I think everyone is asleep. Uh, Hughes, raise your hand if you're asleep. At home. Hughes not I'm home. Pinter's at the shield generator studying. Pinter is studying the shield generator. Briss is asleep. Frida is asleep, slumped over at her desk. Brennis is asleep. At his desk. Ren, for all he likes to talk to Frida and tell her about all the cool things and all of the the arcane stuff that he's able to do, really decides that it is best not to bring this one up with Frida right now and lets her sleep and instead goes to his room and sits down. At the corner of Ren's eye when he enters his room, he sees on the floor a ripple. Almost as if a ripple of water. And then, as if was always standing there, Hasten says, You didn't want to take me this time, did you? Uh, it's about time. Ren says, um, It was... <laughs> There was nothing to take you for. I just went out there. I didn't need you for a walk. There was not. There was no mission or goal in mind. It was simply. <laughs> it was simply to go out and. I need to be looking. Yeah. Practice my. Jason. Go ahead and roll a bluff check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a bluff. That was. That was atrocious. Ryan can do better than that. Come on. <laughs> Thirty-six. Jason rolls his eyes. And says, if any of the others ask you that question, come up with a better lie. And then he walks out of the room with a smirk. As he's walking out of the room, Ren says, it pisses Ren off. And Ren says... He's only being called out. Yeah, Ren says, since when do I have to report into you what I choose to do on my own time? He says, I wasn't asking you to report. I'm just trying to help you. That was terrible. (laughs) Ren says, noted. But still. <laughs> and then he just keeps walking. Ren can see the grin Damn. on Hasten's face, like, through the back, through of, the back of his head. From the back. Oh, that's delightful. I mean, even though Hasten, Hasten does like to mess with people, and it seems like he's had a little bit more of a of a streak of, um, not meanness, what would you call it, uh, uh, mischief. Just slightly, since absorbing Char. Hmm. Hey, speaking of absorbing God, time out. What is Brandis's change? Well, we can do that when he shows up in the morning. Oh, he's sleeping. We'll, we'll roll, we'll roll Maybe he has okay. bubbles when he he's, sleeps. He, well, yeah. Right now he's sleeping alone, so no one's there. He only he breathes water. He's dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I know where everyone else is. Let's cut over to Pinter real quick. All right. Pinter is studying the shield Pinter generator. Pinter was very conflicted last session because uh, both sides of the alignment representatives in our party... Uh, made good points. Aurora made the point that we've got to fight for these people because you, you you can't not have hope and you can't not fight for people. Uh, they're the last bastion of sanity and hope in this world. And the fact that um, that Pazuzu has not wiped them out shows that there is still hope. On the other hand, Ren made the point that the longer we stay in the dark world, the more people are dying in light world. So Pinter started doing calculations based off of expected time, how many people are probably dying per day in this war, uh, how many, what the population of the city is, chances of survival, population graphs, and he started getting really depressed. 
So he went to the shield generator. He is still dedicated to this idea of, despite what Pazuzu said, either somehow bringing the people back or channeling some of their god power into the shield generator in order to keep it running for more than the five years. In fact, keep it running indefinitely, basically. And so he's got his books out. He's flipping through stuff. Uh, Forsyth is there looking really tired and he's just got like books everywhere and now the priest I mean um, priest uh, what, what, what were we calling him snitch the priest, priest snitch. snitch high priest snitch let him in the words have changed over the years the definitions and he's just got books and plans and diagrams out all over the floor and he's running one to the other asking Foresight to bring out random books and he's just trying to find a solution somewhere. The word has changed for them, but not for you. Oh, no. Which is why it makes such a great nickname for <laughs> Yeah. Very snitch. Yes. He's like, that's not insulting. Uh-huh. A snitch is a tool we use. Uh, so, so yeah, also- he's just he's trying to come up with any possibility. Right now, I mean, he's almost thinking of taking Pazuzu's deal just to be kind of the scapegoat for the group, since he's not actually part of the quorum, and shutting down the shield. But not really, like, he's not planning on doing this, but he's basically weighing this, the Ren solution, versus other solutions. And he's even he's even talking for us that saying, maybe we can convince Solus to, to be the patron of this place. Uh, they wanted her in the first place. Maybe she'd do it willingly. Or maybe maybe, maybe one of us could sacrifice ourselves to, 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 to feed our energy into here. I already was planning on staying here, and he's just walking back and forth trying to come up with any idea possible. Does he have any ideas? Well, as far as ideas, <laughs> that will be on you. Yeah. Uh, the As far as uh, magical ways... To, to solve this problem. Pinter, before talking to Pazuzu, I mean, he had been spending a lot of time researching the, a way to save the city. And Pazuzu said, that's oh, impossible, even with all of his power. Pinter is nothing if not thorough as far as looking at options. He's not the kind of guy where someone says, it's impossible, and he go, oh, I guess I can ignore that entire avenue of research, mm-hmm. because that guy said it was he impossible. He has said in the past, nothing is impossible. Yes. Um, and there were avenues that he was exploring that still do seem uh, worthwhile. Now, uh, when you explored them last, it was definitely, um, you know, it was like potentially years of research needed uh, to uh, to even figure out how to do this. And who knows what the, the energy component would, would be once you do solve this equation. And um, and, of all, and so that's, that's definitely a thought that keeps coming back to Pinter. Uh, is that. So is this what Pinter's going to just spend the whole night doing? Yeah, he is not sleeping tonight. Okay. I wanted to go back to, um, to Ren. Uh, is Ren going to sleep, or what's he doing? <clears throat> Ren can't sleep now. Even if he wanted to, he's so jacked up <laughs> with just this newfound power that he can't do anything big in his room right now that would set off alarms and stuff like that. But he sits there and just... Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but he sits there and just on small on a small scale just meditates on it and tries little things in his room just to continue to more f- be able to more fully harness this power and control it and have Ren, it not be as chaotic. 
Ren finds... First of all, Ren finds that he doesn't believe that there are necessarily aberrant detectors inside the city. Uh, the city seems to rely heavily on their first uh, and most powerful line of defense, which is the detection. After all, the old high priest who had wielded aberrant power somehow had, was inside the city with it for quite a while. They still don't know how he ended up getting there. But, I mean, you managed to sneak in. It wasn't as powerful as you, but if that trick worked on, you know, there could potentially be others. Uh, Red also knows plenty of stories throughout history of the illusion of security for the good of the uh, for the good of the community, and uh, definitely sees a little bit of that going on with mm. the dogs. You know, they they put a lot of importance on that being the detection. So that's one thing that Ren finds is he just kind of just does a little bit trying to see if there's any sort of magic kind of latching on to what he's playing with. He realizes that should be should be pretty safe so long as no one. You know, sees him, sees yeah. it, or there are wizards, and they could potentially um, notice the type of power. If you were to cast a big old aberrant fireball, they would probably know. excellent to know. Um, big old aberrant fireball. Second thing Ren finds <laughs> is that while the chaotic What's energy outside the shield, uh, he was able to kind of wield and use that even here in the inside the city where the aberrant energy is shielded out. There's still that underlying amount, the, the basically the same amount that was that is there in your world. You can tap into that. And a power he finds that was not present before is one of uh, <clears throat> what you have felt most uncomfortably in the past, which is that uh, being able to just slightly, uh, uh, what would it be called, almost probe into the minds of people. Now, it's is has barely even tried this. If you were to try this on a living person, it is it kind of like being like a scion? A little bit. Uh, you know that, that uh, a big part of what the what the aberrant creatures do and what the aberrant energy does is it drives people mad. Uh, and Ren finds that as he can wield this, he can shape that a little bit. And, um, you know, it just kind of testing on maybe like a rat is able to, uh, able to just sort of see almost the rat's desire. You can see, oh, this rat wants food, it's starving. You know, mm-hmm. you can tell that this rat is starving. And so just, just the slightest bit. It'll take... It'll take quite a bit of of, um, of practice and time with this to do much more uh, than reading a rat's primal desire, but uh, but that's something that he definitely sees there. That could be a mechanical thing someday. <laughs> you like break out of that? I like it. All right, cool. Rats are fascinating creatures, by the way. They are, once, you get, once you get inside their brains. Fascinating. Walk in on Ren eating a hunk of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I couldn't control it! It went back on me! <laughs> Alright. Okay. Is Ren doing anything else significant, or can we assume that he's spending the night? You can assume that that's what he's doing. All okay. night. All night long. Are we next morning yet? Or continues to sleep. This is the next morning. Was that an extended rest? Um, no, not here. Oh. Not here in the city. <laughs> I am so tapped. <laughs> you don't get extended rest in the city? Not right now? Not, nope, right, now. not right now. Okay. Have we been through uh, four surges? Yeah, we're at I mean, two milestones. Uh, yeah, two, 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 two milestone number two. Milestone number two. Oh, so we got another action point. Um... Okay. Pinter arrives to the house with a huge bags under his eyes. He's 
exhausted. He's uh, outside of his armor, so he's just got on his nice robes. And Forsyth is walking behind him with like a ten foot stack of books on his head, and he walks in, and uh, and soon Frida is waking up, and he says, "Frida, I need to talk with you. It can't be impossible." She says, "I agree." Hugh Hugh walks in the door looking very chipper (laughs) Um, hey guys and he says I had a thought last night and please stop me if this is stupid Hugh does this occasionally maybe this is possible some sort of magic thing it's kind of like you know, kid, it's almost like little kid questions. Like, can you do this? Like, no, that, that that's, that's, not, that's not physically possible. So, the Exodus knife, right? I've got one. They've got one. It's the same one, though, right? It makes a box. What if somehow they could, like, you open one box here, and then we open one box on the other side, but they people go in this one, and then they come out that He was distracted one. for a moment as he sees that Frida is staring at Hugh. In a way, she's never interested in what Hugh has to say. Never. Like... His thoughts and, and ideas are so, like, mundane to her, typically. <laughs> that she is actually pretty disrespectful, uh, as she is often to people that, you know, can't match her intellectually, which is very few. It's pretty um, much everyone can't match her. But she is, like, standing there with rapt attention. Like, he interrupted her talking to Pinter, and she's not, like, just shoving him out of the way. So, that I mean, that was kind of it. Like, Pinter, could, could you link the just somehow? Is that, like, a thing? Frida. And they both nod at the same time and unroll these huge sheets of paper and grab <laughs> just like magical quills. I mean, it's not a really big equations. room, but I don't know. Maybe you could fix that, or maybe just yeah. like Pinter says come when, one side and it's going to come out the other side. It's like a gate. I don't know. What she said, she said, "Oh, go ahead." Oh, Pinter says, "Yes." When I originally came to the dark world, it was through bonding with Daemon's body, and also through the use of the the wind crystal as well, helped guide me. He says. Perhaps we could use something similar, Frida. Frida says, I had not considered, uh, I had not considered the Exodus knife before. She says, I don't think that any of the ways that he was talking about using it have any basis in reality as usual, but, (laughs) says, the idea of using the the relationship, the energy between the two versions of the same object, there has to be some sort of strange bond between them. Perhaps we can manipulate that energy. She says, it is just the very basics of uh, the very basics of, of this this idea, but um, but we should explore it further. Pinter runs up to Hugh and grabs him in a bear hug and twirls him around, which is strength you've never known Pinter to possess before. And he says, "That's just it. That's just it. I knew it wasn't impossible." And he's dancing all around, and then he knocks over Forsyth's stack of books. Hugh is highly no. pleased, and he which... says, "Forsyth, watch out!" He didn't up. get completely shut down, so he was quite happy. Aurora looks up from... She's, she's been sitting at the table this entire time, uh, basically <laughs> staring into her cup of coffee. The entire time. How does she take her coffee? Like her And she hard, looks like. up... Irish. Irish. <laughs> uh, she, she looks up... And the expression on her face is not in keeping with your attitudes. She looks um, just not excited about it at all. Not mad or 
anything like annoyed by you, but she just looks like you you could have just told her that like you found some new cardboard outside. Like it's like that level of excitement. It's really good cardboard. Well, though. she's just like like this is triple thickness. Do you know how rare it is? This is a refrigerator box. Like mid mid like mid sentence or like mid trying to interact with Aurora, she just goes back to her coffee. Hunter's a little disturbed by this thing is how Aurora was giving them the the hope yesterday. But he says, Frida, we've got to figure this out. Ren walks out of his room and has... Frida is like trying she's tried to respond to Pinter a bunch of times, but then people keep coming out and distracting her. <laughs> and Aurora just did, and now Ren comes out. Aurora really didn't though. She said nothing. <laughs> She gave Ren comes out and sees these huge, huge pieces of parchment unrolled and stuff, and everybody crowding around. And Hugh's beaming, and they're working, and Hugh's making eggs. <laughs> he comes out and, and he wants like, some eggs. Kind of scratches his head and is just, and just kind of says, "What? What's going on?" Jason raises his hand silently when Hugh asks, this. "Coming at you." <laughs> Brandis shows up too. Is Jason he, doesn't need to eat. Is he a merman now? Maybe he likes to though sometimes. Brandis's voice sounds like he's underwater. Brandis. <laughs> um, Brandis comes out at the same time as Ren. Brandis walks in a uh, moment after Ren. Do you finish doing anything else? Yeah. Does, does anybody answer and oh, say? Oh well, what Pinter you're just says, "Ren, take a look at these numbers. See what you think." And he is just totally absorbed with this project. Ren walks over and takes a look at the parchment. And Frida starts beginning again. Look, I wanted to tell you last night, and then. Brandis bursts in. <laughs> the only way he knows how by slamming the door open, and he pushes it the opposite way, so it comes off the hinges and falls on the floor. Doors <laughs> open. Doors always open away from me. Always. <laughs> um, and uh, <clears throat> Brandis does not have a big obvious. It's not a merman or uh, spinning, no shark fin. Spitting water at people. No shark fin. Um, but who's closest? Wait, Brandis. Looks like it's gonna be. Hasten's an NPC. Um, Aurora. Who's still looking at closest? His breath is cool and refreshing, (laughs) (laughs) like an ocean breeze. I was not expecting that. (laughs) Oh, thank God. I was thinking low tide for a moment. And his voice has the oomph. And uh, all aroundness, the resonance of the howling ocean winds fresh off the coast, from the coast coming in. It's a nice coast. And you know that his battle cry and any shouting that he does or chastising to the party will have the howling chill. Of an ocean hurricane, of a squall, a squall. Aurora's hair actually drifts away from Brandis a little bit, like as it as if a breeze is kind of pushing that weird smoky hair of hers kind of in an opposite direction. It gets a little bit. And if he sneezes, it will snap the nearest mast. (laughs) I was thought you were gonna say neck. Okay. (laughs) Oh no! Jesse Noir changes. uh, Croker's skin is a little more (laughs) crustacean-y. Great. Uh, not not Pinter, but Croker. Hugh's eyes went from being dark sort of smoke to like gray smoke to now like 
really dark, chaotic, like, nasty, and a lot into those eye sockets. Yeah, it's a lot going on in those eye sockets. It's nasty. Also, Miki has a he has a good beat on where water is. Speaking of eye sockets, Ura has a second pair of eyelids, the, the clear kind that like aquatic mammals. Have. Of course she does. Then, so when she blinks, there's like a second blink. Gross. It's awful. Worst queen does ever. Does hate it? Um. Yeah, she she hits a lot of things right now. Ren has. She like it when she washes her face, though. Yeah. <laughs> Ren has gained a mastery over water nice. in such a way as he can like make it disappear from the air, like make the 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 moisture. What's humidity. the level? moisture level? The, the humidity. Humidity. Gosh, I he can so make it awful. more humid. The humidity more goes less. away to make things more combustible, or he can pull water up from the ground and zap the ground with lightning and poosh, hit everyone all around him. So no more swamp ass. No more no swamp ass for him. I want to know. Go somewhere. If we if we put our ear to Brandis's mouth, can we hear the ocean? No, but now to, you but can. To, but to his ear, yes. But do you dare get that close to these jumpers? I do also want to remind you all that um, this power that you absorb, all of you have wield an unbelievably strong power, power of an entire god of the of this water of time of shadow. So the ability to kind of manipulate that uh, that water would be. Um, yeah. Aurora's well. coffee is just swirling. It's just but it's going sort of a it's, passive it's going, you of all it's going. Now have part of that uh, that ability. Same with time. Same with uh, time to a smaller degree because time is uniquely protected by the DM. Um, <laughs> uh, well, it's more dangerous to play with time. Ask for so Ren, uh, Ren heads on over. Oh yeah, so now Frida can talk. Yeah, so Ren heads over and is looking at the, the numbers. The hazards of Frida is trying to say Frida, distracted by Brandis's breath. Would you like Fresh to next, Frida? She's. Uh, oh, there's no time for it. Frida just looks over and says, "Yes, like you should have known." She says, "Last night I was sitting there at my desk." Going through Hawthorne's unsolvable arcane theorem in my head, you know, to unwind. Of course. Uh, when suddenly I realized something. Pazuzu said it was impossible to form strands where none existed, right? Yes. I mean, maybe he was lying anyway, but that's what he said. But what he didn't mention was that it's possible to bind unique strands to each other. Go on. Even better, the ritual should be fairly easy to formulate with a little research. And she says, and Hughes, uh, and, and the, uh, and the, the mention of the, the two dawn blades could be the missing key that I couldn't figure out. Pinter says something in Kalistar language that sounds intriguing. It means yeah. <laughs> but actually means wahoo. And he says, we can do it, Frida. And he's very excited and spills some tea and goes, Foresight, you clumsy oaf. Foresight mops it up. And, uh, as usual, I roll. So you guys all over here, you know, mm-hmm. Frida explaining this to... Pinter. He gets right to it, but he turns around and he says, we, we can do it, despite what Pazuzu said. Despite the pure improbability of it. We can bring back the city. It will be out of Pazuzu's hands. Frida says, I have no idea why we didn't think of this before. He says, Frida, nothing is impossible. Ren says, I have no idea why we're still wasting our time worrying about this when we could be using these resources to get ourselves home. Just saying. Solve everything. He turns and says, Ren, shut your mouth. He says, your pessimism is 
It, it's like a, a disease. Poison would be a nice alliteration. Just throwing that out there. It's a, it's a, it's a different word in college time. Uh, Egg spinner? <laughs> that big one. Uh, holiday sauce? Um, I'll see if I can find oh, some. Okay. Uh, it says, yes, your, your pessimism is like a disease. If you're not going to help us, uh, go out and sow the fields or something. Ren, holy moly, is <laughs> infuriated by this and just takes a long, deep breath in through his nose. And Frida, in, right after he takes the breath, Frida goes, Frida goes, come on, come on, Ren, you can, you can help us. Frida goes, I'm not this try. Ren, st- Frida Ren. takes a step in between Pinter and Ren, and says, "And says I could use your help." Ren turns around or looks at Frida, and then looks at Pinter and looks back at Frida and says, "If you need to run some numbers by me, I'll be in my room, but I will not directly assist you guys in this foolhardy quest to save this godforsaken city and bring it back to our place." Where they'll have no idea even how to exist. This is all they know, and I don't care about them at all. Brandon's we need to spoken devote our- like a true devil lord. Let's get back to work. Yeah. Ren turns around. If Frida has been there you, and stepped in between, from over there, as Brandis takes a step forward towards the papers. If Ren hadn't, or if Frida hadn't stepped in between Ren and Pinter. Would it have come to blows? Shit might have gotten a little crazy right there. <laughs> like, his fingers were starting to spark a little bit, and he was kind of starting to twitch a little bit. That's that's no, stru- that's really hurt. that. On the other hand, Pinter's not continuing this aggression. As soon as he said that, he had turned right back to the paper and just kept doing arcane he didn't even equations. Care. It's like he didn't To him... Ain't no thing. If someone's gonna help, he'll help with them, but if someone's not going to help, they no longer exist. Alright, so... Fuck you, Pinter. We gotta go... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ren says with a mouthful of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a plate. He doesn't want to take the plate with him, so he just... He's just <laughs> And it's hot! And it hurts! <laughs> I want to savor this omelet! Some eggs. Um, potatoes in it. Pinter, Pinter hands uh, Frida hers and says, "So, how are we doing as far as God collection goes? We've got three. What do you think we need more?" She says, "That's not important right now. We can save the city." Right, but we gotta get back too. Or would saving the city get us back as well? She says, "No, no, 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 no. no. We simply need to bind them. To bind them." Yeah, bind Pinter them. says, "The the ritual will bind them so that when." We go back. They'll come with us. Oh, we bind them. We take out the last god, absorb his power. Frida's frantically writing arcane, uh, arcane formulas on the paper. Have we actually asked them if they want to come back with us? Or are we just assuming that they want to come back? Into does, a does Ren come out of his room to asking this, or is he still in his room? Yeah, he opens the door and comes back out and says, He's been by stewing. The way, He's been stewing. He's, yeah, he comes back out and keeps the argument going and says, By the way, did you even ask these people if they wanted to leave? This is their home. They've been here for generations. Have you asked them? Pinter says, They want what we want and what, what Pazuzu wants as well. So, no. They so want, you haven't asked them. He says, They want survival. He's talked to them about uh, keeping the city alive beyond. Okay, that. keeping the city alive, but transporting them into a whole different timeline, a whole different. Pl- like, 
existence. Greatest wave designers, but that's the only way to keep them alive. If we leave them here, the city will collapse and they will all be dead within in the middle of this moments. in the middle of this argument, I mean, it's about the same as us Aurora staying here stands up, and going back to where we came. They're from. coming back to a potential and walks out the door. Yeah, they're here. Not though. angrily, she just leaves. They're here Jeez. in this bubble, and they're we're going to be taking them back. Hopefully, we stop the cataclysm. Hopefully, we stop them from unleashing the chained god. But who knows? We take them back, and kablamo! Hey, thanks for making pulling up uh, for for making your house right where the bomb goes off. Pinter says, Ren, do not use this word hope if you do not have it in your heart. He oh. says, you have no right to speak of hope. Ren you have given said, up. Ren says, hope is for the foolish. I look... I, I'm a... I deal in pra- reality. I, yes, I deal in reality. I am pragmatic. You hear a lar- loud tear of paper as Frida tears... <laughs> as Frida tears off a large piece of the paper walks to the other side of the room, like puts it down on the floor, and continues writing over there. Magical earplugs. <laughs> yeah, Pinter's still going at it. He says, "Anyways, Ren, I thought you were supposed to be in your room." Hey now! Bam! Ren launches sassy. a fireball, He's not at Pinter, but at all the paper he's working on, <gasps> and catches it, and he hits it. Well, does he hit it? Yeah, it's an inanimate moving on, yeah. unmoving. Well, I don't know unless Pinter somehow. No, no, he's more skilled with fire than, than Pinter's not. Unless you stroker, shield it or something. suit. He's just and Ren, in just right his now. petty mood, says, "Hope you remembered your calculations." And turns around and slams the door behind him. <laughs> Pinter as soon as Ren had threw this, like Hasten stood up at alert, like took a step forward, but then as Ren like clearly made a move to disengage from the situation. Hasten just turned his attention and like waves his hand as you see the ripple of his shadow flows over the paper oh, yeah. and then it just crashes on the paper as it puts out the fire. Hasten walks the ground. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eggs Ren. <laughs> Ren's back in his room. He's yelling through the door. Ren says, "I already had some." Okay. <laughs> Fine, but thank you. Uh, Pinter waves. <laughs> I like you, Hugh. At this smoke. <laughs> And uh, it just kind of laughs and says, we cannot be distracted by these things. He says, we, he says, Frida, we will save the city. And he just works. He works his tushy off. He, he, I mean, he works out when he writes. He's sweating. He's, he's cargo loading. Gotta okay. More eggs! More eggs! Soon, he was just throwing hard-boiled eggs into his mouth. It's, yeah, but you can intense. boil. You can make a lot more no, hard-boiled eggs at once than yeah. fried eggs. Did you want eggs as well? I. You kind of came in a little late there, and you quiet lately. I swear. <laughs> I don't have hash browns. About all this, Brandis has been has been shocked. Um, he's wanted to step in twice now. But uh, Ren's uh, Ren's vengeance, Ren's uh, tantrums are only matched by his cowardice. Brenda says out loud, <laughs> as he lashes oh. out and quickly retreats. <laughs> He's a liability, if you ask it's me. It's like an eel. If all of our time and resources are invested in saving this nope. city, and he isn't with us, we will need 
all five of us, uh, and you, Hasten, and Rita. No problem. <laughs> we'll need everybody. We'll need everybody on the same page if we want to have any hope. Hope! <laughs> the audacity of it. Saving this city, getting back, and saving all the cities. Frida says, it is not a matter of hope. What? She looks up from her from her formulas. She says, Pinter, have you figured out your half yet? She says, I'm almost there, I'm almost there. It says, I got erased. And she, yes, she looks over and, and looks at the charred paper she didn't even notice. Her half was to you guys. And says, he says, says, man, he gets frustrated. And then <laughs> continues writing. He says, it's not a matter of hope, it's a matter of time. We've figured it out. And how much time will it take? And what will it cost us? Five gold. Five gold. No! I'm not coming out of my share. No! Um, uh, can answer this. <laughs> as he, uh... This? Well, he hasn't really had any time to look at these formulas that Frida has been doing. What will it cost But actually, it's, it's pretty what easy for Pinter to look over. It's a lot of the theoretical research that you had done before. Yeah. Uh, except there's like a huge key of it. You couldn't figure out that you thought was impossible that Frida has figured out last night and has filled it all in. And she says, or Pinter can look at this and says, you're only, you know, if you and Frida work together a day or two from from probably filling in the rest of this, and uh, and surprisingly, the energy expenditure needed is uh, considerably, you know, is uh, would not be a problem for you currently. Yeah, Pinter says, when I first came up with the idea of saving the city... And none of us had the power to do it. But we each have the power of three gods now. It says, we are strong enough to do this. Give us another day to, to, to write it, and a day to look over it, of course. And it says, and then I think, uh, if we all work together, I think I think we can do it. Just to recap. Frida says, I only... Ap- oh, go ahead. Um, you finish Frida's thing. Frida says, I only apologize that I had not been able to figure this out sooner. She says, it's so obvious as soon as I thought of it. We should call it the Hugh Paradigm. She says, no, 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 it was before him. Oh, okay. Hugh's Paul. She says, his idea, his uh, part of his idea uh, helped accelerate it, but it was last night when I was thinking of the the Hawthorne's Unsolvable Arcane Theorem. Yes, yes. I was, I must, I I was having similar thoughts uh, in the engine room. He says, this is it. This is it, Frida. Bruce wants to say something. But I need to know some information. Call it the Baruth Aside from Ren's um, evening out, yeah. what was the last we saw of Pazuzu? Uh, he was outside the city before you came back in after killing Umberly. So he was just out there. Yeah. He was just out there. So he was in a he, grotesque he, he, he is, his natural form, apparently. He is the Far Realm, so I mean, theoretically, he could be. It's everywhere. Anywhere else. Yeah, he, he, he appeared with a little message saying, Do you want some Exactly. And Ren said, Yes. This. And then so he appeared and killed yes, her in that side. Or Let's go, guys. But, but, but we talked to him for a bit as a group. Yeah. We did, yes. Yeah. And then came inside. He was that was the last. That was the last time. That was the last been time outside. we saw him. Yes. Okay. Because he said, "Drop the city. I'll send you home." He said, "You don't need to come back out and talk to me again. If you drop the shield, I know you took my deal." Right. Um, and so yeah, so he said, if "Drop the shield," and, and he'll send us back. Yeah. Um, so, Brandis says. One day, if things are as hopeful 
as Ooh. you two seem to think. All we need to do is not screw it up and just make it until the ritual is ready. Can I just say, if we did get them back, I, I would be really cool if we get the shield of Thunderstrike. I mean, would that not be awesome? That would be kind of handy. I, I, they would probably owe us. That out. They would owe us. They would. They would be happy to <laughs> donate us. Um, I don't know. We don't really even need to ask. Is what I'm saying. Um, they won't know it's gone because we'll say we made the bubble even bigger because there's no more aberrant world left. We also took your shield. So, anyway, but you don't need it. So it's you don't cool. need the shield. Um, Brandon says, with that in mind, um, we can't risk going outside. The city. Not none of the townspeople. We don't have any reason to go out. Let's try to keep a low profile. Get this done and get home. Aurora's nowhere to be seen. Are we? Is this getting us home? You all know that. No, this is just making a bond that when we go home. When we go home. I just want to clarify, is this getting us home? Because if not, then we still gotta go hunt down a god. Frida says, no, 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 no. It's like a boat. It's a boat. It's a boat it says, in a, a bucket. It says you got a big boat adrift in the sea like we are. Okay. And then you've got a thousand little boats behind it. Okay. The big boat is eventually going to get tied to the shore with a big long tether, right? Okay. That's us. Duh. Okay. Because now you can't just tie those little boats to the shore too because you can't find any rope long enough. Okay. But you can tie them to the big boat. And when the big boat gets pulled to the shore... The little boats get pulled too. She but the boat still has to get to the shore. Her analogies never help explain, and she says, "But the boat still have to get to the shore." Yeah, Pinter says, "So we still got to go find another god because we don't have enough." Requires us to kill. She says, "Oh yeah, we're not even close." Yeah, this will still require us to kill the fourth god. He says, "But says fourth and maybe fifth. Ah. There more. I thought there was just one more." She says, "It's hard to tell. Each of these gods, some of them are not their former power." Ah, you see, I was mis, I was confused. When I said, oh, we have to get that, and you said, it doesn't matter, we can save the city. Like, that, that was would the be solution. Kind of funny. So, no, we tether us all, and then we drop the shoe and says, okay, send us home, and he sends us home, and everybody else with us. Uh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> that is something we should look into. says, that would be, that would be, at a gaming, that would be win-win for everybody. I know, he gets the, he gets the city going. We'll keep it in roleplay if it's Ren yeah. Ren's not there. No. Ren's Pinter. Pinter's excited about Pinter's this. immediately shuts down Pinter's excitement I mean, and says, that's assuming, not an option! That's assuming we don't drop the shield and then he kills everyone and that's then he sends us home. I mean, that kind of would... The order is important there. Brandis um, says, everyone here... That'll be an unfortunate <laughs> twist in your plan. Brandis <laughs> says, I don't and know... And the bodies get dragged along with you. Why? <laughs> But everyone here seems to be talking as if Pazuzu has given any indication that he would keep his word. Ever. No, that's true. Anyone here who thinks that he will keep his word well, no, he's, he's after we shut down the shield is falling in... Ren storms out and says, Pazuzu always keeps his word. He has never once... He just kind of held up his end of the bargain. Side, you know. <laughs> it's like, I wish I had a million gold, and it's all inside you, and now you're dead. Ren says, exactly. Any deal we, we make with Pazuzu 
will put us in the exact same boat as anyone else who has made a deal with the Zuzu, which we have, which we have killed as we have gone through each of our enemies and slain those who have made deals with him. The last of which was Keeper. Yeah. And see how that turned out. He He got exactly what he wanted, and we had to cut. Aurora had to cut him down. My hands are clean of that. (laughs) Pinter says we we may need this time anyways. Pazuzu did say that he would guard the last god with all his power. Uh, but we may want to use the time Frieden and I are using here to, to prepare ourselves and try and find where this last god is. Well, he did kind of threat that he'd maybe keep it from us. Yeah. Which would be a really big problem. So I'm not sure on that one. Brea says, it is, I have no doubt that any one of us has enough power to keep our side of the bargain that Pazuzu is, is suggesting. That any one of us, if dedicated, could shut down the shield. Oh yeah, that's for sure. If anyone thinks that Pazuzu will keep his side of the bargain, is an enemy of this, of the quorum, and of the city, and of all, all our goals that we have worked so hard and sacrificed so much to get to. Hmm. What is this? If anyone here tries to bring down this shield, they should do it with their weapon drawn because I won't wait to cut them down. Yeah! Aurora doesn't hear any of this. <laughs> it says the booming of the ocean wind. <laughs> Everyone hears it in the room! <laughs> and the building! And down Maybe the, the city. Partway down the city. Yes. I, I like that idea, though. His, his wind carries down the street. He's the tide coming in. So everyone realizes that we're thinking about doing this. <laughs> only the, well, no, I only mean, the people Pinter can just kind of relay important things. Brandis <laughs> shouts it. Not necessarily trying to broadcast it to here, but he is not a quiet guy. Anyone, any of the people, the yeah. townsfolk that are in the building... That are lingering? No one. If they're eavesdropping, the they definitely hear what Brandis is saying. Oh, dear. And if they want to tell people, and those people want to tell people, and those people want to tell people, so okay. Brain's got nothing. So riot. Maybe they'll guard the uh, shield. Riot! (laughs) 2.0. Brain has made his thoughts known. Nice. And eats a huge helping of eggs. Aurora is in the... ocean In case you're wondering, in case anyone needs her. uh, Aurora is in the the Maddox family tomb. Oh, where she will be unless someone gets her. Oh, it's a little. Strange. She's getting kind of emo. You haven't even spoken to what her with yet. Those, you don't yeah. know what she's getting. Two lids on each side of each eye. She can cry. And no one even addressed her or mentioned her. She just left. I just distracted. Well, yeah. Uh, Hugh addressed her. I offered her eggs. Eggs. <laughs> she did not respond. <gasps> well, that makes Lauren you the rude one. Yep. <laughs> All right. Who doesn't Doing respond magic. to eggs? We've reached out to you. Who indeed? Doing magic. Ren looks around and asks, and asks and says, "Does anyone actually know where Aurora went?" I assume to talk easy. to the leadership guys. She's been hanging out with them a lot. Probably. She's been kind of knit shop. She's been kind of pissy lately. Well, I mean, she is kind of a paladin, and she do has two <laughs> two dark gods rooting around inside her. So, I'm not yeah, sure we how all well. do, but we haven't been brooding. Yeah, but you were kind of angsty, but well, okay. <laughs> We what? all know you. <laughs> we and we I all mean, know you. 
All that. It's... Mm, how to put it? You just gestured to... I guess she was probably the first... Of all of us, she was the furthest from that particular source of energy. Nice way to put it? Hmm, maybe? Ren's eyes squint a little bit and says... What did you say? That's acceptable. Okay. <laughs> Ren says she might not have the most to lose by... From this corrupting energy that is growing within us, but... She certainly is the most sensitive to it. In a good way. I'm not saying sensitive right now. Usually sensitivity is good. She's aware of it the most. So any bit of creeping dark energy Ren certainly put her stomach on edge, I would assume. Ren gets up and says to Frida, if you need me, or if you want to run some numbers by me, I will be in the Matic compound looking for Aurora. And he walks out the door and starts heading over there. We are best friends after all. So Pinter's just staying. He's just Friendship. absorbed yeah, he's with solving the problem. So that's what Pinter and Frida are doing. I think it's going to take a day or two. Uh, we'll cut over to Ren in a moment. What is Brandis doing? Brandis is helping any way he can. He's already got a cook. Um, and he's his building a barn. Sausage fingers are too big to work any kind of <laughs> writing implement. I mean, Hugh, Hugh was in a good a mood and was making some eggs, and he, he's not offering to be like the cook for the day. That, like, that, it's sort of like, oh, keep making us food, Hugh. It's you like, are now. This is not what this I was is, planning. I gotta go out and work. <laughs> Look, Hugh, it's does doing he this. say that? Does he continue to do it? Look, Hugh, this, it's doing this or doing chores around the town. <laughs> Brandis before Somebody has to do it. His good mood is failing. (laughs) (laughs) I need to go out again. Excuse me. Um, You guys are really draining. Well, Brandis uh, is going to talk to uh, these guys first and say, well, um, while I disagree with Ren's uh, opinions, his point of view should certainly um his, so you've raised some important questions once in a while this one time um <clears throat> perhaps we should educate the people the leadership and then the people of this city um of our efforts to not just extend the life of their shield but bring them out of this harm's way and into a different harm's way um, but yeah, before Pinter, I Pinter go Pinter and is. sound the, uh, might want to guarantee we can actually do it. Just because we're like, we might be able to get you out of this place. Just kidding. <laughs> well, Oops. I would certainly. Um, Oops, dashed. Pinter says we can. We can. We're, we're doing it now. Yes. We're, You're we're, optimistic, but the, let's make sure we can actually we, do it. We could use the town's optimism. I think against them. I think that um, keeping their hope and morale up is just what a si- the last intelligent city in an aberrant world could use right now. Yeah. Okay. This news, even if false hope, will be the comfort food. What the hell is this? You just, it's just, yarn. It's, it's I yarn. I want you to just Don't take a bite out of all of it. It's I just, want to. What is it? Am it I gonna looks help like three day old spaghetti. It's like butter. <laughs> and I'm like, it liquor. can't be because you guys are. Yeah. It's hollow. It's like you can use it as a straw. Okay. Doubtful. I really thought it was a pile of, like, spaghetti that someone could oh, <laughs> What am I tasting? 
three day old spaghetti. I'm, I'm sorry, I've been holding here. that back for like an hour. I was like, <laughs> why are you guys eating old spaghetti? <laughs> Brandon, we're going around. Were you not paying attention to Brandon? Yeah, and said how foolish it was that they tied it in a figure eight knot, so you have to get your hands all over it to get any strands out. That's stupid. Pinter turns towards Brandis and says, Yes, go tell the city. I will. Brandis pushes the door open. <laughs> Brandis pushes the door open Attention the other way. Breaking Attention hinges citizens. again. Actually picks a different door and breaks those hinges. Oops. And goes out. And, um... Starts with uh, not necessarily some of the top people, but basically getting the word out that the strangers Runners, from a strange land together. are not just going to extend the lifetime of their city, but bring them to a beautiful land of milk and honey that is in the middle of a war between heaven and hell, and surely less dangerous than the Aberrant world. At least there's hope there. Could blow up at any time. A world where there's a prophecy it's such that a exact... Exactly what's happened in your world is about to happen in ours. You heard of it, now you get to live it. It is so much worse than a war between heaven and hell, because it's a war between hell and a place that's kind of like hell, but just different, and therefore at war with hell. That's true, yeah. It's a war between hell and hell. It's a war that has has nothing to do with where we're going. Unfortunately, the mortal realm is in between the hell and the other kind of They're just caught in a crossfire. Have you ever wanted to be collateral damage? Yeah. Have I got good news for you? Francis paints it on a much prettier canvas and basically says, we're going to get you out of Aberrant World. Don't ask me where to. Because anywhere's uh, better than here. Am I right, guys? Yeah. general reaction from the city as this is uh, going on... Does Maddox get mad at us? Is positive. Yeah. You might yeah. think that such uh, news uh-huh. like this could cause the city to go into discord, but... Or riot. Most of the people... I mean, a riot of joy. They're, they like their city. Some, there are people <laughs> requesting, saying, well, we still have our city. Of course. And, Brandis, and when Brandis says, of course, the, the, the news is basically, okay, it's the same thing, except outside of the shield will just be awesome. other habitable Everything. land rather than this force that is constantly at risk of destroying them. I don't have to marry my sister. Um, and so Brandis finds the reaction is some people like the life they have, and when Brandis assures them that they'll still have that, it'll just be green instead of flesh around the city. <laughs> um, like, that's cool. That there is very little... Uh, Massage therapy and farming will have less overlap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that's very You gotta sing to it. No, literally, you gotta, you gotta sing to it. It's, you gotta sing into the uh, ear of your crop. Ear of corn. Different meaning now. <laughs> oh, you gotta man. use a Q-tip to get it out. Uh, someone's asking, does it rain inside the dome, and how do they grow crops in the city? Magic. There are wizards, Same. and there is uh, arcane weave left, and that is basically what they rely on. They, a wizard uh, did the it. The town wizards are extremely important, and they are, literally, oh. the old, like, they don't, they don't yeah, have enough wrong. power to just create food, so they what they do is they conjure rain and soil and they're able to make the conditions such that they can grow food. But it's and janky my, and kind yeah, of my, sketchy. My impression you know, was irrigation great. does amazing things for, for, for crops. Yeah. But my impression was uh, it was, even with all their hard work it was very... They're subsisting. Um, yeah, they are barely surviving. They're not, not doing that bad. Flourishing. I mean, there's enough of a little bit. It's not a thick buffer, but there's a buffer. They're not like a meal away from dying. They're like a couple meals away. And they're all very ignorant of the way the world really is slash was. Yeah, the, the literacy rate is pretty low. <laughs> Alright, Ren heads off the Matic compound. 
temples. Oh, no, he said compound. he headed off to the Matic compound. Oh, same place. No, that's. <laughs> did he go it's off a there? temple. I'm going off to find same where. Place. Yeah, he went to, to the leadership. Board. He went to the leadership, and they said she wasn't there. She wasn't there that morning, so and so he continues to explore. And uh, you know, and it takes. Half an hour or so. City's Ren's not very big. <laughs> City, well, and the list of places it's big where enough that it should frequents. take longer, but Ren knows there are only a few places she yeah. goes. And uh, she's anxious. Come on, where else is going to get she go? Ren finds her. It's a bleak tableau. You find and... you find her at the uh, at the very far end of the uh, tomb. What's the word? Like it's big tomb. Sarcophagus. Mausoleum. Mausoleum. Thank you. Um, and That's it's. Mine. It's the, yes, it was definitely Ren who came up with that. They're in the cheese war. <laughs> and she's at the sarcophagus of it's the oldest one. It's Seldes. You know, it's got like carvings and Gross. stuff. It's it's fancy. But she's just she just has her hand on top of the casket, the stone casket. And she just is she's just staring at it. There's no I mean, you, you're, you're expecting maybe some angst, you're expecting some, like, a distraught kind of expression or something. Nothing. There's nothing. She just looks like she's concentrating, maybe, is, is the closest thing that you're seeing. She doesn't even acknowledge you. It's not like she can't hear you, but she just doesn't acknowledge your presence when you just, you know, wander in. She's not disturbed. He walks up right next to her. And reaches out his hand and kind of touches the stone as well and says, uh, Do you know of this? Do you know of this stone and this craftsmanship? Uh, She turns to him and she says, I thought I might feel something if I came here. And she just looks confused, maybe, would, would be the word. And she just looks at, she looks at Ren, she looks back at the stone, she says, It's fine craftsmanship, it's probably two, three hundred years old. Ren, not as bad as Elden, human work, but, you know, not great. It's Ren. not the best. And that's when you notice that her hand is on the, on the um, sarcophagus. And the mark on her hand, which has been kind of like fluctuating back and forth, is just solid black now. And the, there's red around where the kind of inlay is, as if the skin is kind of raw or, or rejecting. Pulling back. Yeah, it's it's like there's there's definitely some serious stuff going on, and it shows for her on a very physical level, hmm. her problems. So, I mean, there's clearly something going on, and something's wrong with Aurora. And she's not acknowledging it. And she... She seems very disconnected. And it's not like her head's somewhere else. Ren... Ren says... He's trying to be as comforting as he can in their given situation. He's kind of concerned about her because she's so out of it. And this... Well, you're pretty insightful, right? Yeah. And the whole... I mean, this just the, the the mark on her arm is kind of worrying him a little bit um, <clears throat> because if it's manifesting itself physically like that, who knows what's getting rolled around in her head? Hmm. Just think of it like the same thing in her head. Uh, be- you're you're pretty insightful. You know her pretty mm-hmm. well, but because of your insight, 
being able to sense emotion, being able to kind of read someone. <clears throat> if you were to have to describe it, you would say this person is not experiencing any emotion. Huh. Like, Ren, at all. Ren tries to console her and says, and hopes this doesn't backfire in his face, <laughs> but says the the welfare and the past of these people cannot be undone. You should not trouble yourself with what has happened to these people for you could not control it. But let but let this fuel your desire and your um, hope to rectify the situation in our current world so that you won't have to mourn for these people and they can their future can turn out differently. Aurora looks at at Ren, and she just has a look on her face that doesn't doesn't really express much, and she just says, "That's the precise problem, Ren. I, I'm not troubled at all. I'm not mourning. I don't feel anything." Ren doesn't even know how to respond to this because. Inside, he's secretly pretty happy because he's, pretty he's got another person on his side. Well, but if she's on anyone's side, it's wretch. not clear. But what she join my coven. She, I mean, she's she's she holds down her hand. She shows him the mark, and she just says, "I'm out of balance. There's there's a block between me and whatever moral compass I've relied on. Whatever I dragged along with me into this world, into this dark world." is lost. I'm I'm cut off from it. There's too much darkness. There's there's too much interference. If if I were to try to feel anything, there's just gray. Ren says, uh, "Aurora, I think you are relying too heavily upon your your god and your beliefs." I think that your moral compass lies within you, and it doesn't require a tether to a greater god to be able to point it to what you feel is right and wrong. It's the nature of a paladin. Well, I... It's it's how it's always been, Ren. I... And she's saying this, and it's not sadness you're hearing. It's complacency, which is really bad, because <laughs> it just means... Inaction, nonity, just like she went here to attempt to stir something, and the tomb of her dead daughter did nothing. Um. She says, "Hugh, let's go. I'm I'm tired of this place." Hugh gets bored of cooking <laughs> and steps out after a little while, making an excuse like. I'm just gonna go and uh, get more eggs. He, he just kind of trails off, and as he walks out the door, <laughs> so he's just kind of taking a walk around the town. You see Brandis at a podium <laughs> talking about the bright new future in normal world. Normal wind. After hours of working on this ritual, working on the solution to the problem, to this rope for the boats to tie to the big boat. At least we're in Tulsa. Pinter finally 
gets enough, uh, takes enough of a, a break from, from scrawling these and talking with Frida and uh, discussing all these things to look up and see that Solus, in her naked glory as usual, is just floating above the two of you, looking down at the formulas, glowing bright. You realize that's why you're able to is read like the paper so well. Is she, like, prone as she floats? Yeah. Is she, like, like... Yeah, okay. she's like, like you know, yeah. face down, just kind of her head on her hands. And just okay. <laughs> I didn't see you there! <laughs> I need a bag, hold on. Hey, Afraid it rolls her eyes. He says, uh, I, I, any comments? Do you, do you like my work? Solus just says, just looking. So, so, uh, feel, feel free, yeah. Oh, sweat is like smearing the ink. <laughs> Oh, he just keeps working. He's just happy to, to have her. And they continue. Hugh as encounters them as they're leaving their sarcophagi because he's just walking around the town. I can tell Aurora's depressed. Nope, she's not. She's not depressed. When I say she doesn't feel anything, I mean... She is lacking emotion. Lacking emotion. Apathy She's is what you hollow. get. Like, if you were to describe it as... If you had to describe it as an emotion, it's apathy. It's it's not sadness. It's not anger. Which someone could easily interpret as being depressed. Mm-hmm. Sure. Except but he has you. high enough insight to know yeah. no, it's, it's not depression. It's a lack. Which is why... Well, okay. Now would be the time to tell her if you borrowed something from her and yeah. you broke it. Do it now. <laughs> Aurora, I still have your sister. I don't have a sister. How's it going, Aurora? She feels Aurora, nothing. You've got a sister. You've got a sister. Oh. How's it going, Aurora? Flat affect. Flat affect. Ooh, that's very good. Yeah. And nothing about Aurora is generally flat, so that's a big deal. You look like you've been having Whoa. a tough time with this whole dark god energy thing. <laughs> she reiterates mostly what she said to... Yeah. To Ren, in pretty much the same tone she told Ren, it's, and she she shows him her mm. her problem quite literally is is a is a physical ailment of sorts, a spiritual ailment, actually more so that manifests physically. I don't know. And her eyes blink, blink, and then they blink again. Horrible. <laughs> 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 well, I gotta go cook more eggs. And oh, you know think... she's a little more sallow maybe than usual. Yeah. Like. All that blinking. It's not good for her. But she can't stop blinking. She's dying from starvation. I don't know. I think, I think, I've always looked at the sort of relationship between, like, paladins and clerics and stuff and their deities, kind of similar to a relationship between a a parent and a child or a master and a student or something to that degree. Um, Although the relationship never really changed much. That makes sense, because the the power levels were so vastly different. It's more complex. That it couldn't really change. I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it is. It's a font of power. Yes. Directly proportional to the faith and hmm. the connectivity therein. Hmm. Ergo, okay. the more faithful the paladin, the more connected to the god and the dogma, the more. Yeah, her god you here. Okay. Well, what was brought with me? I've been I've been drawing on a font personal font of faith that has kind of kept it rolling. You can remember what Muhammad was like. 
Well, created your own mental Bahamut. You know that that like warm fuzzy feeling you get when you're like following your code. You be yourself. It's like none of that now. Well, and if and if and if Hugh's gonna say something like, maybe you're better off. That might be the case if she didn't draw her power directly from that feeling. I already tried that once. Make your own god. I am Be the master of your own destiny. Yeah, it's complicated. Well, I mean, it's that's complicated stuff. And, and I guess I don't. You have the power of three gods within you. People will worship you when we get home. It's no. self-employed paladin, right, doggy? It's kind of a matter of. I see the main difference. Or has between, no particular feelings towards that. I see the main difference between gods and people is just gods are a lot more powerful. But other than that, they're about the same. Just as I mean, petty. Aurora stress. Yeah. So. I don't know. You may not be connected to him, but you still have, I don't know, maybe the same intentions. You still want what you want, and if those desires matched up with Bahamut before, then they probably still do. So, I think you're still a paladin of Bahamut, regardless of whether or not he happens to be around. Or an ally of Bahamut, maybe? I don't know how that works exactly. That's kind of how I was going the whole parent and child thing. Eventually, kids grow up, and the relationship with your... Your folks changes. The, anal- the analogy. It may be a bad analogy. Fails. I like analogies. Then you should talk to Freedom. <laughs> her, she's terrible at analogies. You but got her last one. Literally meant that, like, if you like analogies, Freedom's the person to talk to. I guess because her word doesn't get analogies. Gotcha. Well, she she's neither stirred nor um, turned away by what you've said. Well, I, I, I'm here if you need help, I guess. I do need help. I need to feel things again. That's what I need. Hmm. I thought I made that fairly clear. Yeah. Not frustration, just adamance, perhaps. And seeing that you have not much to offer. She just waves her hand I can as, try if, and get as if... Pissed. <laughs> I think it would take a lot more than a attempt might mm. offer. But if you want to try nah. to do that, I have no particular feeling on the matter. I see. It might be a good idea. Hmm. Well, and I'll she, come up with something, I'm and sure. She, she kind of gives you a little bit of a hand wave, like, don't worry about it. And... He leans in for a hug. He says, <laughs> you're a friend. She seems confused that you've done this, but returns it as if That's to say, I understand that this is something you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So you get a kind of laugh. She is off You today. get the worst hug of your life. It's cold and slightly too long. Her armor pinches you. And loose. You know, she's not really drawing you in. It's, it's a like hover. just Yeah, it's a hover hug. Oh, that's terrible. It's no good. And she, she walks back and she hears... Brandis screaming something about hope, and she just kind of... Today is if she way. could feel sadness, she would. Because, you know... I'm describing what cake is like. What cake is. It's a cake. Or it feels a slight flour. stirring when you mention sugar. cake, but it's just hunger. Sugar. She's like, is this emotion? Is this no, emotion? it's just hunger. It's just hunger. Back which is a type of emotion for the stomach brain. The stomach brain, which can feel all the emotions. And it's disgusting. Rage. Envy. I'm having stomach envy. Brandis is saying, now, when we go to the light world, we want to avoid bikini towns. 
let me tell you that. Bikini towns. Terrence. You'll want to make a, a mix of oil. Spread it, on. Spread it upon yourself. Oh gosh. Take notes. I'll demonstrate. Anyway. So, Aurora returns to the domicile. It is filled with paper. She has a particular feeling towards that. She's careful not to step on any of your very important papers. She steps on all of them. (laughs) Rinse it down at the table. Like, it's uncanny how well she steps on everything. She's really trying her best, but remember, her reflex. Not great. And you have literally covered the entire floor with all the papers. Rents it sound at the table. They stick to it. Leans back in his chair with a cup of the most watered down ale he's <laughs> ever had. Morning ale. Pretty. And well, you can't get really great. tea. You can't Warben get really tea. great stuff That's here. Right. And puts his feet up and just watches. Waiting for someone to take advantage of his incredible intellect. Like, here I am. Just ask me when you My need brain. the help. Pinter. Yes. And Frida. Yes. Get to the final bit of the puzzle. <laughs> We're both writing on the same scroll, and then our minds meet each other. Frida and Pinter's minds are amazingly in sync during the entire process of this. Uh, they're, they're writing these formulas. They're, like, completing, completing each other's sentences. sentences. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Their hands reach uh, towards the same quill. <laughs> Completing each other's sentences. Ren is like, immediately just, angry. Like, Frida, <laughs> Frida is writing, uh, writing a formula to, like, solve this one thing, and Pinter, like, already has, and he just, like, glances over and, like, points, and she sees the solution there, and they're like, just, it's... Solus gets jealous. It is, um... Solus and It might even, it might even be something to note to both Pinter and Frida. Were they not so kind of at least for Frida. Absorbed. It's up for you, Pinter. But were she not so absorbed with this goal and the excitement of finally having this idea and, and getting this solution that was in front of them the whole time and and get and, and being so close to saving the city, which just not a day ago they thought was impossible and or at least not solvable within the time frame necessary. And now what? In a day, they, 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 they'll they have the ritual ready in, in maybe a few hours here, rather than it going away. So were she not so distracted by that, she might even think it's odd that they're, that they're you know, that they're they're completing each other's sentences, they're just working together yeah, in such a way that they never... This is usual for Kalishtar. They have dual souls and telekinetic abilities. They're always talking and collaborating like this. In fact, it's the basis of Kalishtar music. That's why I can't understand it. <laughs> it's, it's really... And then, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get almost anticlimactically, the last arcane sigil is written on the piece of paper. Pinter does a little dance. Finishes. Does he have a little flourish? The formula. Of course. <laughs> oh, crap. That's going to ruin everything. The formula still needs to be rewritten <clears throat> in its own spellbook such that they can cast it in orderly fashion, but everything is there on this piece of paper, on this gigantic, uh, you know, magically conjured. <laughs> Duck. duck. Well, God, I've been writing on a duck this whole time. <laughs> I imagine it's they so conjured, absorbed. Uh, uh, <laughs> parchment. They've got it done. It is solved. Everyone else is still out of the thing. Mm-hmm. Frida just stands up, leaps up in the air, and clicks his heels together. 
and is dancing around. High five. And high fives. and says, we did it. We did it. We're going to save the city. She says, I could write, I could write a volumes about this. About this. The, the, the breakthroughs in, in arcane research that we have that we have overcome in the last 24 hours is I'll unprecedented. Be e- I'll be even more famous. Does Forsyth do a little things the same time as does? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yay! I'm and goes, Forsyth, stop being ridiculous. Ren gets up, because he's interested. Oh, is Ren, Ren is there? I thought Ren was not there. With no, no, he's uh, Ren came, came back and I lingered. Came back. We were with her, and then she stumped, she stumped in. She, yeah, she papers. turns towards oh, Ren right, and says, so Ren, Ren, take a look, take a look. Ren gets up and walks over, because Ren's kind of skeptical about this whole thing. And he walks over and looks at the pages, and kind of looks them over, and starts on the other side, looks at stuff, and kind of shrugs and says... Well, on paper, while Ren is doing this, uh, Frida is standing there with an almost completely neutral expression on her face. Too neutral. Uh, but, but I mean, way too neutral. Anyone that can read people can see that she's standing there, like just kind of containing her, can read people. waiting, love me. waiting for the Please. for the approval Pinter. of Ren, waiting for the praise of Ren. Pinterest is hoping he doesn't burn it. It's going to be a lot of work again. Ren, Ren oh, looks yes. and says, Do it again. Uh, on paper, this looks legit. And then looks at Frida and says, Well you done. Did good work. Nice handwriting. She tr- you can tell she's trying to hold back, smiling too much, but it's just Thanks. like from ear to ear. And she just says, Thanks. I'm glad to be an asset to the team. Pinter singing in Kalistar language. An odd song that actually takes two voices, so he's using his dual souls to do it. And it's dancing around, so happy, and then eventually it just kind of turns a little dizzy and collapses in an armchair and falls asleep. Because he hasn't slept in a while. Frida says, as, as Pinter collapses in the, in the armchair, Frida says, I'll transfer it to a proper ritual book. And begins writing like, but she she writes very slowly when she's writing like the final version of a ritual in her ritual book. Like this is the permanent record. She says, "Can you believe this? We could. I mean, we should get we should get rest before we attempt to cast it. But we could we could do this tomorrow." Ren says, "I'm pretty. I'm impressed. I did not. I didn't think you guys would be able to do it." So what happens to the city exactly when you cast this thing? Does it? Does it? I mean, when we go back, does like the city come back, or just the people? It's just the people. It's just the people. Brandis made. (laughs) Don't tell Brandis. Brandis wrote checks he can't cash. She says inanimate objects on a uh, on a person are uh, uniquely bound to the life force of that person just while they're wearing it. It is an it is an odd it is an odd property of of non magical uh, of. It's an odd property of, of matter. life, of matter, that mm. they uh, things are connected simply by being in proximity. I expect their clothing will come through, but it's not So guaranteed. maybe if they cling to their buildings. Gotcha. What if I'm we... Hoping. If they're all kind of dragging along with us, and, but stuff we bring back seems to come through, what if we, like, grabbed that... That doesn't that, work, though, remember? The shield. No, we brought kind of stuff back before. Oh, I thought you were going to say people. No, 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 not people, <laughs> but what if we grab like, the shield <laughs> generator thing when we leave? Could we? I mean, could we bring it back with us? It seems amazing. It would be cool if we could have it. It is one of the Amask Arcana, so it she probably said, exists in our world too. Well, we could try. It would be uh, 
He says, it is an unbelievably powerful artifact. I mean, even that thing out there apparently can't break through the shield it generates. Which would be amazing if we had it to, like, use when we're trying to take down that our world's version of that thing. I don't know. Pinter well, snores and goes, well, no, nothing is impossible. Uh, yeah, good point, but good she luck trying to find it. She gestures to Pinter and says, it would likely require a separate ritual, but it is possible. Hmm. She says, and what does Pinter say? She nothing says, is no, no, impossible. If Pinter has taught me anything in the last 24 hours, it is that nothing is impossible. Yeah. He goes, yeah. And odd songs, too. They're catchy sometimes. Um, At this, when she says that, Ren's temperament going from being like, hey, they did it, to, uh, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Screw him and his hope. (laughs) Screw you and your hope. hope. Oh, Ren, such a ray of sunshine. His hope drains my power. (laughs) So we need to figure out about getting another god. And I mean, we can... This is... That's Bridges when we come yeah. to them. I know, but that's oh, you. always business. I know, but I mean, Bridges is back too. We have no idea where one is. It's got campaign buttons. Just kind of, I look at you like. I mean, I could go if one was walking around outside. I could maybe track him down. But other than that, Hasten says, "I've been working with the priests trying to locate any more. They were, after all, the ones who found the original two. That is absolutely true." He Any says, luck? we are working on it, but uh, no hits so far. Okay. He says, but I'm impressed with their ability and their resolve to help us. Yeah, I think that's... That's probably because they think we're going to use the gods to help their shield. Well, uh, I have been telling them that explicitly, yes. Pinter <laughs> said that, too. <laughs> We've been giving them a lot of hope. Well, he looks to Aurora and says, it's oh. not the same thing as taking down the shield. There's no judgment on Aurora's face whatsoever. And then, Hasten is surprised. Like, he he said this as an almost... He said it as a preemptive, like... Defensive. Defensive justification for his actions, because he expected Aurora to at least raise an eyebrow. And then, Hasten just kind of gives Aurora a strange look, and then just is silent once again, standing in the corner, fading away into the shadows. Well, Aurora's making no active judgmental face, but we all know that her judgmental face is her face. So, Rand is either low insight or perhaps an insight far beyond anything that we understand knows that Aurora emotion or not is always judging. She's judging everything equally though now. Not based on emotion. So, if she's making a judgment on something, it's pure pragmatism. Lists of good people and bad people. There's no mm. list of good people and bad people now. It's all the same list. It's all the same list. Bad people. All of you are bad. She hates everything. Bad people. No, she can't hate. It's just it's kind just, of weird. It's one list, list, and she just changes the name, good or bad, back and forth. Yeah, she is. They're all on the gray They're list. They're all meh. They're all on the gray list. So is this like. Because it's it's become kind of apparent now, and everyone's sort of noticing it. Like, is this sort of like a, a mechanical malady? Like, you're sort of spiritual, or well, okay, mechanically spiritual, or more like really sad, <laughs> sort of a thing. Like, can we count on you to fight? No, 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 no. I mean, like, I'm so not much. Ca- of what- I'm not capable of experiencing sadness, Hugh. 
I, She's data. I follow you on that one. I guess the question is... Mm, Ren is a charismatic fellow. And a lot of what he does comes, tends to come through just the strength of him being him, quite frankly. You know? Mm-hmm. He's, he's on it. And I like where you're so, going with this. Uh, I guess you could say, and that I guess if that were to be compromised in some fashion, that could limit his abilities. True, and that could maybe be the same for you. Possibly, don't know. Question is, what's the source of it? Is it some sort of a? Are you? It's an imbalance. An imbalance. We've absorbed two evil gods and one neutral god. So what can we do to fix that? Before you die. Eat some good gods. We need to eat a good god. That's that'll get it closer. Finger can get it. Or I guess if I could somehow jumpstart the emotional drive to overpower the negative block. That might also work. Yeah. But we're pretty sure I mean this is not like But it would have to be intense. Yeah. Jump This is not this is not I mean, I guess that's my question, is like I've met people who they got hit in the head, and now they're different people. <laughs> like, something is physically different, and there's people who have had lost their spouse, oh, and now in the they are very, very Dude. sad. I and guess I would call it... This is more of a physical it's... ailment of the emotions, rather than an emotional ailment We can the fix you, Aurora. It's spiritual trauma. Lift it in there. There's a, there's a third... Just gotta dig around in that it, brain pit of yours. She, she's, she's at a loss for words, really, because so many things of what she says are usually very steeped in emotion, so her... Yeah. her Addiction is not as good as it should be. So she she would dislike it, but if it would make her mad, no. So I woke up and it was like this, but I couldn't really feel upset about it. Yeah. And so I've been attempting to trigger an emotional response and failing. Hmm. And I've determined that it is because of the... Imbalance. Imbalance. Okay. Now, I could probably overcome it, given a strong enough stimulus, an emotional stimulus, but I can't just make that happen. It wouldn't be powerful. I'll continue researching it. I'll I'll continue experimenting, and I'll let you know. Okay. Key sticker. Do you say? There's always been this smoldering sexual tension between Aurora and Kia, so you know it occurs to someone. It's the only way for her to get her voice back. It's Aurora just trying to get... This is, a, this is all a, a, a ploy to get Hugh to kiss her. Uh, Clearly. Then Aurora gets to the room and cries for exactly. a while. Exactly. I'll never get my emotions back. <laughs> no. We need to go kill a god. Hopefully a good one. To maybe yeah, balance. Yeah, that I is the easier of the two courses of action. Conflicted on that. Frida says, "You don't feel anything. Don't lie." That's not an emotion. Frida says, "Aurora says in a totally normal way." But first, sleep. Pinter must sleep. Ren should sleep. We will need all of you for this ritual tomorrow. All right. All right. 
We've sold the town on it with our lies. Is that accurate? <laughs> yes. Brenda says, I plan to help each and every one of these people be rehabilitated to their new society. That means they need cottages built? I think Thunderstrike can spring for it. Okay. We'll be they okay. They can all live in a manner. They can all We will live save them from their burning they house whether they want their cats or That we have become accustomed to. Get it? <laughs> a manner that we've become accustomed to? Ah. Ah. Yes. doesn't say that because she's so incapable of camera. Ever. Ever. Even when she had emotion, she was never funny. Despite and the all only her thing, charisma. The only or thing that... you selling yourself short? <laughs> I am under... I am... Below average height. Below average height. Um, the only thing that Brandis glossed over was the uh, For a human. impending uh, blood war. The currently going blood war. He wasn't saying like, and each of you will be a superhero. And you'll all have your own castles. And everyone will have castles. He was like... Although you might as well... I mean, it's not that. a hard pitch. Hey, outside there won't be tentacles. What? Really? Yes. For reals. There'll just like, be demons like, with spears. He's not, like, you don't need to sell a land of milk and honey when it's not a land just of a shit. Just a land. Like... <laughs> it's true. I'll That's take true. spears over tentacles. Hey, hey you don't have Next to wear question. a psionic helmet when you go outside. <laughs> yeah. It's not plagued with radiation. If you stick a shovel in the ground, it doesn't bleed. Who's doing Oh, it's the dog. I saw her do it. She's like scratching herself. Oh, okay. I thought it was doing you guys. It's Sam. Yes. It's Sam, Sam and his nervous tics. Sam's playing ventriloquism with his nervous tics. I can project noises now. It's pretty awesome. Well done. That's his god power. Yep. We're going to take a short little break here. Hi, so all the characters get some rest for the big ritual tomorrow morning. Does anyone go to sleep for the evening? Yes. I know yes. Pinter's already asleep. Frida, in a rare, uh, you know, bout of wisdom, actually goes to sleep. Yeah, Ren goes. Nice. We all sleep. It's been a while We're since all Ren has, has had a good sleep. Cute. Once everyone's asleep, Pinter gets up within night. Cuts <laughs> 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 himself off a piece of toast and goes back to sleep. No. Is anyone doing anything worth mentioning in the evening? Cute. Hugh, uh, that's a no. No. Yes? That's a no. Hugh makes more. ponders for a moment on the spot that he was put in when everyone said, you should kiss her. <laughs> I don't think anyone really said that. So, <laughs> Dude, you really, look, everyone around the table did, which means at least one of the characters did. Who's calling it? Four what do you guys do tonight? She Four sleeps... That's right, we gotta start empty, using the calling And Hugh lies in bed with his eyes open. No, no, Hugh was my only chance. No, no, let's let him actually roleplay. In the in the many years you have known Hugh, you have never actually seen him with a lady on his arm who wasn't being paid. Oh, wait, no, that's still. Will you just let him finish? He just so you could say that he he kind of purposely avoids a lot of emotional attachment stuff, with the main group being mostly the exception to that. So, yeah. Anyway. That's, that, so that's no, kind of like... No smooching to be had, fellas. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint. I mean, Hugh was sort of like torn, like... Uh, it wouldn't mean anything. I mean, he's scared maybe it would be okay. to let his guard down. Let you know, him say it. You guys are all interrupting him. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good at that. Come on. He needed the interrupting. So, no, he doesn't. Let him finish, please. No. So it's... 
It's gone. No. Uh, it would be a temptation, but he has his own kind of issues with sort of... He doesn't really dig the whole emotional pain thing, if that makes sense. So he's purposely avoided attachments. Also, what if it worked and then Roar would be angry? I know. So that's kind of... That's sort of a... He can see that maybe it would work and maybe that's what she would need. And he realizes that maybe he has taken the coward's way out in this in this particular avenue. <laughs> totally and he worked. is a little conflicted about that. That maybe that was a viable solution to fix her problem and... He did not rise to the occasion. Are you seriously worried about the the mental faculties of this group? If this is actually being considered, I don't know. Because they were, yeah. Uh, people, the, you guys have absorbed the uh, energy and you know, the aberrant world being. for way too long. I should kiss her. What? <laughs> no, someone said you it, and as it, it was like, if that was a solution, he'd be like, no, it's not happening. You know, you could also just go find a child and punch it in the face. I could do in that, In front of too. Aurora. In front of Aurora. Maybe it would see work. See what happens. Oh, wait. Oh, to help Aurora. I thought you meant... Just just get out my frustration. Yeah. Stress. <laughs> You're um, here. I'm need here. to cool off. Oh, Aurora wasn't around? <laughs> all Damn. right. You guys are all asleep, so shut up. Me, 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 me. Frida, of course, is the first awake in the morning. Of course. She sleeps so little anyway, even when she does decide to get a full night's sleep. Jason she's up two sleep. hours later. Oh, uh, yeah. Jason she was care. the first to wake. She I was know. the first to wake. <laughs> and Mason's like, making eggs. Now he's just staring there. Staring in the corner. Frida awakes to find Hasten looking at a ritual book, attempting to read the ritual. She says, any luck? He just shakes his head and walks back. Towards the doorway, towards his shadow, disappears. Who's the second awake? Brandis. Brandis is up next. Frida greets him. Hello. Brandis says, Big day. She says, This is a very important ritual. She says, This may be the most complex ritual I have ever attempted to cast. Not that I've ever written. The one that'll get us home is tougher. He says, this will be the toughest we've attempted so far. It says it will certainly test how. And he thinks for a moment for the word because he has lived forever and he has plenty of time. <clears throat> he wakes up then. <laughs> <laughs> Frida says, Well, it's no test for me. I know I'm up to it. I just hope that the rest of you are. Frida says, I hope that. The group as a whole is up for it. Yeah. In our, our dedication? If our dedication is not complete, we will not be able to do this and we will not be able to overcome whatever dangers Pazuzu is most certainly setting before us in our efforts to capture, capture the power of other gods. And we will certainly not be able to save our own world. So yes. So yes, Frida. I know you're ready for it. I hope we are ready for it. She nods. Hinge breaking exit. Uh, then Ren gets up. We all get up. <laughs> We're all up. Where was last we are up. I rolled a, roll a die. So. Does Where anyone want to describe eight. Eight how they get line. out of bed? <laughs> Hugh... 
No. Wakes up and realizes, lying in bed, that he's probably going to be involved in a ritual today. <laughs> and knows that it's not going to be a good day. Super. Which side of the bed does he get out? Uh, he rolls off of the left side of the bed. Isn't the other side, like, pushed up against the wall? Mm-mm. I don't, I don't think, uh, that doesn't really seem like you. I think you should say starboard. Thank you. If, if you're looking at the bed from the foot, he gets off the left side. We're all awake. We're Venture, awake. says to the awake group. Oh, goodness. I am very excited for today. He says, I know we all thought this was impossible, but Freed and I put our minds together and we've, we've accomplished it. Ren has even approved of it. Solus has looked over it. You never thought it was impossible. He says, I, even I had my doubts over it. Uh, You see, he's got a a staff uh, with which the wind crystal is (gasps) kind of bound at the top, and there's arcane sigils throughout. And he's got his croaker armor on, but not the mask. Uh, Probably best. Yeah, more to just channel energies. And he says, Today, listen to my instructions very carefully. He says, we must do this right, and I know we shall. Okay. You get some coffee. (laughs) This is very early. Ren kind of cracks his neck and stretches a little bit and makes it pretty clear that he's ready to roll whenever they need him. When everyone's ready, after breakfast, stretching... Looking over the ritual. He's going to go for a jog. Jog. Like calisthenics. After all that. Pinter leads everyone. Baleful staring. To the tower that the shield generator is in. And they're standing at the base of it. Are we going in? No. So she'll be out here. Okay. Do you want me to describe? Uh, Should we move people away from the area? Or not? At this request, Frida just kind of cocks her eyebrow at Pinter. Yeah, be fine. If they wish to watch, they'll watch. Okay. There's no harm that will come to Do we have to about interruptions? This is incredibly complex. Do we want like some kid throwing his ball in the middle of this? They know not to deal with us. We are. What people casting. know what to do and what they do do are yeah, often so are very different. as heroes. Here. Aurora ropes off the area. Yeah, we're fine. We're with level 28. The ritual with, will withstand a red rubber ball. <laughs> Frida says, as is tradition, says, you completed the last line of the ritual. You can guide us in it. That's a ritual thing? Okay. Ura shrugs. He says, uh, about ritual culture. Yeah, so how does... Um, yeah. He says... What, what do they need to do? It came to me. Where's R.A. 5? He's not casting the ritual. R.A. 5 is not casting the ritual. R.A. 5 the ritual. He is crowd control. Yeah, he guards the fence. Like a big mechanical spider. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Pinter says, we need, even though we are tethering the people to our own ritual, since we need something they're all connected to. Above you and all around you shall see it. It is the shield itself. Well, the people are not physically connected to it, spiritually, in their hearts. That is the source of their hope. He says, we can use that hope and guide our power through it to join their fates to ours. He says, take out your red crystal shards. Splinters the shards. 
which everyone does, including Hasten. He says, uh, and he guides everyone to point it towards a different part of the shield. Then he she said, and then and then Frida is practically beaming. She's like, she's excited. She says, "That was the part I figured out." <laughs> All right. He uh, opens up the tome and starts reading from it, and you hear the words reverberating in your head and throughout your body, and actually almost emanating from the crystals. And he explains, let me know when you're starting the actual description. Yeah. He explains what's going to happen is we're going to channel our energy through the splinters into the shield and through that into kind of the, the, the emotional tethers that everyone has and we're going to bind them together. And he says, you too must think of what binds you to the light world and this will guide us. And so he starts the ritual. How does each and every one of you Short description and give me a skill roll. Uh, contribute to this. What 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 energy do you put? You know, just describe it. Give it to me. Do it. Brandis uses his brawn. There's always some part of a magic ritual that really just comes down to the the gut, bearing the the physical force of this. It's the endurance. Maybe it's holding up a giant chalice. Maybe it's holding up. Penter holding up something else. Brandis makes an athletics check and succeeds just barely at a hard DC by taking 10 in a difficult situation. Nice job. The scene is peaceful as everyone begins to pour what they can into this ritual. That is Brandis. And what was your roll? Oh, uh, just above the hard DC. Okay. I forget what that number is. I... Alright. Let's go with Ren. Ren. <clears throat> the area of the shield that he has been instructed to aim the Crimson Stone Rod at is considerably bigger than the rest of the uh, portions. Uh, his 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 area seems to be bigger than the rest of theirs, and he doesn't quite know why that is. But he... It's how you use it. He dutifully... Great power comes great responsibility. He dutifully points the rod up there um, and just focuses all his energy on that one spot and as he starts to stare at the um, at the shield um, he begins to see images of the good ship Thunderstrike he sees his room he sees the deck with the solar cannon, he sees Frida's or uh, Stoyla's workshop and <clears throat> Um, he sees it almost like a like a like an illusion, like a screen is showing him this, and uh, he just continues to to focus his arcane energy on that and gets a fifty-two arcane. Wow! All right, Hugh. <clears throat> I was ready. Is Aurora ready? Yeah. All right, Aurora. We can't read your face. There's no emotion. There's no. I couldn't tell. <laughs> Kaylin is very emotional. Um. Aurora may be emotionally cut off from herself, but she's not cut off from others. She still has fairly good insight. She can she can still read things. And her job throughout this process is basically to corral the emotional tethers of these citizens. Every single person in the city, basically. She has to make sure that they're not... No one's left behind. So she reaches out with her insight, kind of 
navigating the arcane coil in only the way that she can because she has to she has to like try to avoid thinking about arcane things and going straight for the emotional and she is able to reach out with that energy and and scoop up those who are maybe just being missed by this kind of net that we're casting and she gets a 39 one short of the hard is it really one short of the hard yeah. 40 I can't, yeah, we I, I can't uh I can't get any more. You can't pull a mulligan. Uh, no, not I, a mulligan. But... I don't have anything that would that would give me a bonus. Aurora's doing her best, but it's yeah. it's not surprising. It's not surprising that she yeah. can't she can't accomplish the goal. It is uh, what what is necessary here is is in, a big part of insight is the empathy to you know to to find these it? people to, and to comprehend it. And sorry guys, her her just uh, what, what was the word we used? Uh, Something affect flat, flat affect flat, flat, flat she finds it more difficult to just kind of to feel the presence of the people around her is not impossible but more, more dampened and uh, she's not confident she got everyone. Oh well, Hugh. All right, Hugh. Let's roll it first. Let's see how it goes. Oh my god. Well, that's a twenty. So yeah. that, that'll do her. Well done. Um, <laughs> Hugh. Um, his biggest uh, visual um, alteration since absorbing the deities of this world has definitely kind of been centered around his empty eye sockets, and it's not really that surprising when during this ritual, when he's trying to summon everything he's got in him, that there is um, definitely a visible effect there while that's going on. It's just kind of... um. I don't think of it exactly. Uh, glowing? Glowing, and I have a color would be appropriate, but. Yellow. Yellow? Mm. Purple. Let's go green. green. I guess we'll go green. green. Too much purple. No, it's green. Every time, right? Purple, purple. A faint, kind of. Undulates. A very dark, kind of brown, earthy, green light, if that makes yeah. any kind of a sense. Sort of gets tinged as Hugh kind of brings his own energy to those within him as he focuses on memories of our own past world. The um, snowy, uh, windswept mountains of the Snowflake Mountains, um, the darkness of the Underdark and Yushehi uh, Kai, um, High Amaskar, what remains of it with its uh, incredibly magic things, Deep Amaskar with their you know arcane forests of magic trees, um, basically, all the incredible, wondrous sites and places that we have visited um, from one plane to the next, and attempts to sort of share that with the other members of the group, um, lending them his sight. No, you rolled 20, right? Yeah, I rolled 20. And so. it works. Everyone, except for Aurora, a little bit. They've poured in everything they can into this ritual. It is, uh, it is, it is no, working. The, the, uh, I got it. Huge amount of, really? uh, of energy that you are all capable of producing. Pitcher's driving it. He'll go last. Uh, is fueling this ritual exactly as according to plan. Kevin, go ahead and give a description of how this ritual unfolds before uh, yeah. Pinter puts in his... Part of it. What's happening is swirling streams of energy, not like violently. Wait, hang on. Now go. 
swirling streams of energy are coming from the red crystal splinter shards out towards the shield. When they hit the shield, there's not a violent impact. Instead, they feed into the shield. Meanwhile, different aspects of each member of the quorum is glowing. For Brandis, it is his pure muscles. Actually, almost like a, a muscular glowing outside of his armor clothes. Uh, for Ren, it is fiery arcane essence. Aurora, it is a flickering heart that kind of flutters and then dissipates. And of course her hue, his eyes are glowing with this energy. Uh, as it goes out into the shield, it also kind of feeds down into the ground. And each, uh, the idea is that it's going kind of to each person in the city and kind of bonding with their hearts so that they'll be bonded with us. And you feel this energy going down into the ground and through the cobblestones of the city as you hold it as Pinter is holding out the wind crystal, kind of guiding the energies when they almost come close he waves the crystal and it separates them uh, and reading out these words that are glowing on the pages and in fact it's, you almost see the words coming from out of his mouth glowing in the air before dissipating you want me to make a check? Make your check. Alright, can I? Oh, damn. Uh, let's see. 49. What is Pinter pouring into this ritual? He himself is guiding it with his. I mean, he's proven to have a very big heart himself emotionally, and his hope that now he has, he is pouring emotionally into this. He was saying beforehand that. Kalistar, when they do art and, and music and all that, actually kind of go into a, a telepathic um, uh, what's that? Rhythm? Yeah, but kind of with each other, so that they're kind of playing off of each other. Um, and that's what he's doing right now. He almost feels himself inside each person in the quorum, and suddenly almost inside each person in the city, as he's reading out these arcane sigils guiding the energy in the right directions. The ritual is nearly at its peak. When you hit a strange snag in the weave, it is Pinter that feels it. The magic flowing through you begins to cascade unpredictably, causing a wild fluctuation in the arcane cloud pulsating above you. Even the most inexperienced ritual caster, every single one of you, can tell that something is going terribly wrong. Frida's expression is panicky and wild as she was controlling her side of it, she lets it drop and starts looking around. She seems to be trying to abort the ritual, but her efforts are wasted as she is thrown to the ground. The magic continues to flow out of control. Quick, ten second description, what do you do? Brandis is trying to hold up a, a massive chalice that is kind of fond for some energy and falls down. Hugh. Uh, Hugh attempts to just kind of Hold on, you know. Get a nice stance on the ground. Keep his footing, um, and ride out whatever the hell this is. Aurora f- flings uh, Raxus up into the air, and as he uh, kind of spins around, it's almost as if he's trying to corral the energy and re, re- redirect it where it needs to go. Ren, <clears throat> as 
this beam is coming from the, the rod in his hand, you see just like a pulse of energy come back down, uh, which he manages to catch, but it kind of knocks him backwards a bit as he throws it and thrusts it back up uh, the beam, if you will. Uh, but then seconds later, a bigger one comes down, and he's unable to handle this one and catch it, and it knocks him backwards, severing his connection. As everyone is trying to control their side of the ritual, Raxus is flailing around, Brandis is trying to hold back the energy with his physical endurance, uh, you find what does Pinter do as all of the energy, as everyone is trying to hold it back, it flows in a huge beam towards Pinter. What has happened is Pinter has tied the fate of the citizens of the city into the fate of Thunderstrike. And as this energy turned against them, he could see out of the corner of his eyes people falling to their knees and stumbling, clutching at their chests as they felt the negative energy flow through them. He sees it beating down on Ren, on Brandis, on everyone. And suddenly it turns towards him and he raises up the, his staff with the wind crystal to absorb it. As the energy goes into the wind crystal, you see the wooden staff shatters with the energy as the energy flows into him. He reaches down. The energy is too much for Pinter. So he reaches down and raises the croaker mask. When suddenly a wild arc of energy knocks it from his hands and it goes skittering across the cobblestones. He looks surprised as the energy enters through his chest. The jars that are screwed into the armor containing ghosts start to glow and pulsate wildly. This energy wildly thrashing through him. He clutches over and one by one the jars burst into jets of flame. And you hear the cries of ghosts as they are extinguished. He is bent over with the jets of flame extending from him like spikes. As he cries out in pain, the, the energy arcing through his teeth, he scrabbles at his, uh, his armor, unlatching it as the armor falls away from him, landing on the ground, actually corroding into rust and just ash as the energy goes through it. You see now... The energy is going through Pinter's body. There are huge holes burned in his body, in his uh, in his clothes, where the energy had escaped. And you see his robes, those nice Kalishtar robes, are falling away. As he's clutched over, the energy moves through his body, forcing his skin to swell, first running down his arm, the muscles bulging, the veins. It's horrendous to see, but he forces it back and then it goes into his chest and his chest expands, crying out. It goes down into his leg and then up towards his head, making his head swell in a gruesome fashion. As he clutches down on the ground, blood dripping from his ears and nose, he grabs on and he says, Family! Family! I need your help! The ghosts of Pinter's family suddenly swirl from the armor surrounding him. As they each touch a blade or a hand or a staff, a ghostly staff to him, you see their energy dissipates and feeds into him, quelling the, the, the energies within him. As he shudders on the ground, again it swells underneath his jaw, making his neck bulge almost like a frog. He shudders, and then the swelling goes down. 
and as energy still arcs over his body and then dissipates, he stands up. His skin is covered in sweat. There is a blood just streaking from his nose, his ears, his eyes. He coughs up a gout of blood. You see his ribs visible and his chest just shaking. He says, oh, I think I've got it. <coughs> Pinter bursts. There's only blood and guts where he was standing. All that is left of Pinter is the croaker maps skittering across the top What does Brandis do? Brandis stares, mouth agape. Chalice has fallen down, and, um, like, like, runs, runs over, but there's nothing there. Frida screams out, I, I don't understand! The ritual couldn't have, I couldn't have, where did... And then Frida falls down to her knees. She grabs the book from next to the croaker mask where it had fallen to the ground. And she's like frantically reading through it as she takes a deep, shuddering breath. You see that she is pale, just completely chalk white, and shivering as she runs her hand through the ritual. Ren yells at Frida and says, Close that book! We don't want any more of that chaos now! Close it! She does, immediately. Aura was standing closest to Pinter, um, and her... She's she's spattered with... Pinter. With blood and Pinter, mostly. And the look on her face is... Shock. Uh, her, her lips are trembling, her eyes are glistening with, with tears. I think. And... And you see tears just starting to stream down her face, and she just... <clears throat> not like this. Not like this. That was sudden. Frida is shakes her head. She says, "This doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. This, this was." She said, "We didn't screw anything up." I have to look over my notes, and she runs off as you see tears streaking down her face, running towards the house. There is huge crowd of onlookers blood splattered over uh, over many of them there's screaming in the crowds i mean like basically half of them are staring on just completely stunned into inaction and, and others are uh, are screaming in panic in in, <laughs> in a moment of red normally doesn't give a crap about the people in the city but he also doesn't want to see another riot and so in a moment of <laughs> self self preservation he does a quick arcana analysis to make sure that there's no residual energy flowing around and that nobody else has been exploded um, to try to just keep the situation from escalating Ren finds further. very quickly that whatever energy was used in this ritual was completely focused and uh, it was completely focused and has been spent there is not any more danger from the ritual, and it seems that Pinto was the only one physically harmed. Uh, Hugh motions to RA5 um, to start collecting whatever bits of Pinter it can. Mode. 
Um, in case we have to Vacuum. attempt to revive him or something. <laughs> Hope you brought a wet back. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Get these people out of here. Um, Aurora is, is on her knees in this, like, blood pool. Just, like, in shock. She's she's clearly in shock. Mayor Maddock is already at work with the crowd, working with people to try to calm them down. This is not a simple thing to contain, however. But showing his ever-present superhuman ability to stay calm under pressure is what makes him such a great mayor. He comes around uh, and, and and starts calming people down, letting them know that this is not... Uh, this is not a problem. It is a, it, you know, it is a setback. We are still okay. We will be saved. As he attempts to reassure people, what you need to do right people, now is go to your homes. What you need to do right now is go to your homes. We will need food for tomorrow. We will need, we will need everything that we need every day. Life goes on. For the rest of us. <laughs> for most of us. Uh, Ren goes up to Frida, and helps her collect herself. And Frida is in. The house, and she is inconsolable. Is her she, mascara running? She is, uh, I mean, she is in the room, and you see that she is not even looking over her notes. She is just clutching her notebook, completely distraught, as she is just looking, and you see tears streaming down her face. And she says, I missed something! I, I missed something! And when she sees Ren come in, she just runs over to her desk, slams it down, and takes out her quill and is starting to, uh, like, you can see she's checking all her formulas. Ren walks over to her and puts her puts his hand on her hand and stops her from writing and says, perhaps it is best right now to take a moment. She says, we must know what went wrong. We don't need to know right now. In your, in, in your, in this heightened emotional state, uh, this is no time to be fact-checking and problem-solving. Frida, almost forced by Ren, stands up and clutches him tightly and just starts sobbing into his shoulder and says, It was my fault. I should have checked more, more closely. I was too excited about getting it. Except with more sobbing. Yeah. Ren just... In the She's voice. blubbering. She's blubbering. Ren just... Pats her on the back and gives her the one-armed hug and says, it'll be okay. One-armed? Hugh um, contacts his own casters being a little bit unavailable at the moment. Contacts the temple, see if they have any rituals on hand for preserving remains in case we need to revive Pinter. The town wizard is immediately at your assistance and begins getting to work. You literally don't find teeth. Like, you just pop like water balloon. The wizard says, uh, the wizard, as he's, you know, as Hugh gets him and says, we need to do this, he says, I, I, I cannot find him. He is nowhere. He says, his very soul, as you can see the wizard sort of reaching out as they're like pulses of bright light shooting in different directions, way more of a, like, what kind, kind of, of ritual? Uh, visually uh, uh, active spells that you have seen people inside the city use as they try to keep it yeah. subdued due to the panicky nature but it, you can see that he is giving it everything he has and he says it is as if his soul uh, popped with his body 
Wow. I do not mean to be callous. No, no, no. As he continues to. That's what it is. That's what it is. Okay, well. It's very souls. No more Pinter. (laughs) Brandis. Yells out a. And throws. Picks up and throws a nearby cart. (laughs) Because we're on like a nice main street with cobblestone. There's a bunch of like market carts full of crappy produce. Throws it. Smashes stuff, breaks this, and it's just letting out his rage and pain audibly and physically. All the world is Much of the day just to calm the panic of uh, of the people. I mean, Brandis had spent all day yesterday telling people about what was going to be happening, preparing them mentally and physically for this uh, for this this process they were going to go through. And so much of the town showed up to witness this ritual, as it was they were going to watch the the very magic that was going to be their salvation. The the godlike saviors of their city as they are here. Um, it does not take long before Mayor Maddock approaches those of you who are not inside your house and says, I urge you to go back inside, at least for today. We must figure out how to handle this from a PR standpoint. <laughs> Understood. I can spin this. He says, he says, right now, he says, it will be difficult to repair the damage and the trust of the people that this has caused. He says, I need to figure out what to do, but it will be best if you are out of sight. That's like, um, that? This is like a military freeing a country and like occupying it for a bit while they like create it, and then doing a demonstration and accidentally blowing themselves up. Pretty much. <laughs> Um, Wait, let us show you how powerful their bombs are. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that man was an undercover operator <clears throat> for Pazuzu. We have purified. Pinterest right. collected what is collectible. <laughs> um, Who collected it? Hugh. Excuse me. RA5 did. Oh, that was named sometime. With the wet back. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly a squeegee. Wet splice. Stop interrupting Sam. This is how we deal with our grief. We interrupt Sam. That's how I understand. Different people have different different ways of coping. Thank you, Sam. Um, RI5 collects what's left of it. Which is, I mean, he's a research assistant, so he's got all kinds of handy little tools like that. Um, And he takes him back to the house. RI5 has his own little sort of like Essentially, a modified horse stall. It's kind of RA five. Kind of hangs out most of the time. He doesn't know what to say. Seems to like it in there when he's not being actively needed. So he just kind of lets him chill in there for the moment, and he goes back in. The jar is ninety percent. And makes some tea. What does uh, Ren do after Frida spends quite a few minutes just sobbing into his shoulder? Changes his clothes, firstly. 
Yeah. He's got blood. He's got power level. Oh, true. He, uh... Ren's feeling a bit exhausted from this whole thing. I mean, how long has it been now since... Yeah, we'll say it's been, it's been half the day, whatever. When, when okay. do you... When is this? So, in the evening, Ren... Um, I mean, I keep speaking for the group, I think it's kind of a somber, pretty quiet uh, day in the in the house, and Ren retires to his room and comes out a few minutes later and has a vial for everyone that he gives out and says, it's not the stuff I'm famous for back home, but given the level of, of ingredients and materials I had to work with here, this should help you sleep a little bit. is the first to grab one. And offers them to... She, and she just grabs it and, like, Easy shoots there. it down yeah. immediately. That's not how it works. And, says, um, and then she goes and sits at her desk and slumps down. And says, I think we could all benefit from getting some rest this evening before we have to deal with the fallout tomorrow. Aurora pauses from looking through Pinter's, like, personal belongings because she's, like, sentimental like that. Who has the, uh, the mask, by the way? And she did. She definitely picked that up because, again, sentimental. Um, and she's actually been, like, trying to find any information on, like, Kalashtari funeral rituals. Because, oh. I mean, when she sees someone get exploded, her first thought is not collect all the bits, and then maybe we can put them back together. Like, she's like, I'm just going to assume that there's there's difficulty here, and because she's cynical in that way, when it comes to people dying, because, like, last time it was Daemon, and he kind of stayed dead. So, but... You, you quickly realize that her whole process of going through his, like, belongings is kind of chaotic. She's not... She doesn't even know what she's looking for. She's just picking up something, staring at it, misting up, and then putting it back. And then doing the same thing, like, with every single object, kind of repeatedly. In a loop. Hmm. Her screaming process is not very good. Not very constructive. He's kind of bummed. He has to stay inside for PR purposes because he'd rather just go for yeah, a walk. Yeah, that sucks. This is so inconvenient. That is really... This is the worst. Yeah. Having the inside. I am the worst off person right now. Yeah. It's the worst thing I could imagine happening to someone. Not getting to walk. Well, no, I mean... <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> he says, no, I know how Pinter feels. No, I know. I mean, Pinter's, Pinter's dead, and... I don't know. He was an ally and a friend... For a while, he was around. Jeez, I hope he doesn't cry that much at my funeral. It'd be embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, seeing someone die just makes he, mostly makes Hugh think about more of his own death, honestly. And what that'll be like when it happens. <laughs> Does he take the potion? Ah, uh, no. He just likes to think. It's a better... Let the thoughts go their course, essentially. And I guess that's everybody. 
Peter Rory did Rose. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jeez, Where were you? Sorry. Zoning out. I was thinking about Pinter. I was grieving. So, <clears throat> Hasten stands there in the corner, in the shadows, like always. And he says, he, responding to Ren, he's undead, they can't, they can't says, die. a night of You're sleep dead. is most likely healthy for you. Says, our first priority in the morning should be to figure out what happened. I agree. Though I have probably not much use in that. And with that, Ren retires to his room. Alright. Hugh stays up and chats about Hasten, about the nature of death. And so Hasten on. would be the good person to talk to. Yeah, let me tell you how it happened first. <laughs> you never forget your first. Ren in his room alone. No one around. <laughs> what does he do? Ren doesn't, in fact, go to sleep. Ren paces in his room. And he can hear... He didn't take a potion? No. Because that would take a lot of willpower. Yeah, no. He <laughs> took a potion back to his room with him, but he didn't actually take it. He paces in his room and thinks about what happened and can hear the others chatting outside. He can't hear Frida anymore because she's sleeping. Uh, he can hear Hugh chatting. And after he paces for a while... He taps into one of his god powers. The power that he got when they slew Labalus Enerath. And suddenly, the talking stops. There's a fly buzzing around in his room, and the fly is, stops. It doesn't actually stop. Ren is just moving so fast that it is as if time itself has come to a pause. He opens the door, sees Aurora sitting there with some of uh, Pinter's belongings just holding them frozen in time and Hugh kind of leaning up against the wall speaking and as Ren passes Hugh you can see where does Hugh keep the chronosero? Uh, in a quiver on his belt uh, Ren can see the chronosero. it's fletchings like they, they flutter just slightly in the wind. It moves, I mean, very slightly. It's on his belt, as if it is not seemingly frozen in time. It is the only thing that is, seems to be moving at the same pace of Ren. Ren notices that and files it away for future <laughs> reference that it is not immune to this trickery of his. But, uh, but you can't stand <clears throat> he, uh... Just makes his way out of the common room, out to the street, and out to the portcullis, where he unfreezes time. The portcullis, you mean the, uh, the shield? The yeah, the, sh- the shield. The, the part, of the, part of the shield that they can take down. He unfreezes time. There are guards there. There are way more guards there than usual. 
before Young Freeze's time, you can see this. Yeah. He knows that the Elidi- the city has been put on high alert. No doubt, at the very least, a public uh, show of, show of uh, the government still being in control. Ren, Ren looks at the guards when he you approaches. You can see young Maddox is there at the gate with them. Karis? Karis. Maddox. Ren says to them, I must go outside. I must. And he has his hat on and stuff like that, his to shield and everything. And he says, I must go inspect the, the uh, shield from the outside to ensure that Karis steps forward and just and almost cuts him off but in a whisper he says you are instructed to wait inside your house he says you cannot be seen out here Ren says, he says we are we are dealing with a crisis Ren says then tell no one that I've been here but I'm looking after this the, the, the well-being of this city do you know what will happen if we've damaged that shield he says keep your voice, voice down he man. says eight of the ten men behind me I trust to keep that secret he says but some of these men they are scared just like everybody else he says, if I let you out, he says, word will spread. He says, this is for your sake as much as ours. Ren said, it is for your sake that I leave the city. If you were, if you cared, if you cared about these people, you would open this gate and let me out. He says, I believe you. I do. You don't have to convince me. He says, but if the people find out that Where are these immediately men? after the where are these where are these men that you suspect of not being able to hold their tongues? I will speak with them. He uh he stops he, he hesitates for a moment and he says He says, I can't tell you that. What what would you do? He says, I would simply convey the urgency of this matter and the urgency that that the shield needs to be checked and the chaos that would ensue and the panic if they were to spread this. He says, why does the shield need to be checked? Did you see the explosion that went off today? What if there is a chink in the in the shield? What if somehow the shield has been damaged? Do you want to be responsible for more tentacles coming in and aberrant energy destroying more parts of the city? More deaths One of the on guards the steps forward overhearing, you know, close enough to hear. He says... Is that possible? Ren says, anything is possible. That's what it's impossible. Nothing is possible. Nothing, anything is possible. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) Nothing is possible. Nothing is possible. Nothing is possible. Whoa! (laughs) Master Ren, you're all wise. I won't be gone long. Karis looks annoyed that that Ren is speaking loud enough for anyone to hear besides those two. And he says, he says, very well, if you think it's important, I still trust you, but there are many here that do not. He says, so be careful about who sees you out there. Ren says, very well. Karis looking very uh, hesitant, or looking very uh, conflicted, gestures to the man in control of the gate. And they lower the, uh, they lower this side of the shield barrier. And then you can see Karis gesture to the guards to come over for him to speak with them. 
and then Ren can leave. As Ren makes his way through the gate, as soon as he gets to the other side and the gate closes, he goes invisible. You cannot see him. It is one of his gnomish tricks. Who's you? I'm just making fun of you again. None of the guards can God, see Ren. She disappears. Greg. Jeez, Greg. Ren's a gnome. He has these tricksies. And he just blends in with the surroundings outside. Like the predator. And makes his way out into the yeah, out into the aberrant world. When he is far enough away that the people along the watch the, along the walls can't see him anymore. Um, he goes visible once again and calls out to Bazuzu. Ah, never did my name sound so sweet as it does on the lips of a man who plays the game so splendidly. And as he hears this voice all around him, the cloaked man materializes out of the shadows, his yellow eyes peering at Ren from behind the bird mask. His black wings flutter behind him, black as night. He draws forth an ornate medallion set with a large purple gem. Its surface is speckled with glittering shards of black stone like a dark opal set in demon-wrought iron. He holds it out to you, dangling from the chain round around his clawed fingers. This will allow you to take your mastery of this far-realm power into your it contains a sliver of the Far Realm itself, so I suggest you treat it with great care. But first, I should like to see the fruits of our collaboration. Show him to me. Ren nods, pulls out the Crimson Stone Rod, and says, I am a man of my word, as he holds it forth, and the shard starts to glow red, when suddenly, in a burst of light, Standing before Ren and Pazuzu is the soul and spirit of Pinter Pashtari. Pinter, you can speak. He looks at uh, Pazuzu and looks over at Ren, and he nods. He says, Ren, I feel so sorry for you. And his voice is kind of distant. Ren says, I will have none of your pity. It is you that started this, and it is I that ended it. Do you not remember? What what do you mean? He said, after we killed Shar, you tried to pick a fight. I simply ended this. He shakes his head. He says, no, 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 you you don't understand, friend. This is your path. He cuts him off and says... No, no, you don't understand. You come waltzing in here, thinking that you are one of the quorum, trying to flaunt your arcane energy, trying to intimidate those around, trying to best me in every way, studying, trying to convince the others of your knowledge, even going so far and being so bold as to silence me earlier today in front of the rest of the quorum. Such gall. Such arrogance. You didn't even see that I planted that schematic in your head. How do you think you came... You think you just came up with this on the fly? One night you woke up and realized that you could save the city? 
Pinter nods and says, There are no such things as coincidences. Says, I can see that truer now than ever before. Ren says, Ren says, You played the game well, but not well enough, I'm afraid. He shakes his head. He says, Ren, it's not a game. Don't you see? You summoned me. You and the quorum summoned me so that you could kill me and then get back to stop the cataclysm. He says, but, Ren, know that I feel sorry for you, not because you are on a path towards evil, but because you only captured one of my souls. He says, the other is still out there. And at that, he kind of steps backwards and you see the uh, influence of uh, Pazuzu kind of starting to grow over him. Ren says, this talk of destiny means nothing to me. I am a master of my own destiny. That which you claim, this, that it was my path to follow, I have no path set in stone. Every move I make is plotted by me. It is me that has done this to you, and don't you forget it. As he, with the rod, kind of commands you and and points you towards Pazuzu. The last thing you hear of Pinter Pashtari is almost a childlike voice, as if from a memory just chanting beware, beware the croaker and then he is gone, vanished within the folds Zuzu says he was always one to hope hope is the ultimate lie he, he speaks to Pinter's spirit which is dissipating says it is a lure that draws so many to their end following its gentle light into fathomless darkness Hope and trust have blinded and betrayed you, Pinter Pashtari. Now I take what is mine. Ren nods, turns around. Pazuzu holds out a small <laughs> vial with an elaborately stopped, elaborately carved metal stopper that looks like something. Uh, it looks like a crow's head. He opens the vial with a small flourish, the medallion still swinging merrily from his fingers. In a flash, Pazuzu's spirit is drawn into the vial. Pinter's Pinter. Pinter, Pinter's spirit <laughs> is drawn into the vial, and the stopper is replaced. Pazuzu casually tosses the medallion to Ren as he admires the vial, holding it up to an imagined light. He then slips the vial into his mouth and swallows it whole. Pazuzu flashes a sharp-toothed smile at Ren and laughs. It has been an absolute pleasure doing business with you, Master Ren. I do hope it's not our last. You do have a world to save, after all. With that, he explodes into a burst of black feathers with drift gently onto the sand before evaporating into black mist. His chuckle lingers in your mind before that too fades, leaving you alone once more. Ren turns around. <laughs> Ren turns around and makes his way back to the city. Once again, cloaked in invisibility, blending in with the surroundings until he is quite close to the wall. And we'll continue next week. Wow. <sighs>